23 minutes past 6, Monday the 30th of January, the Daughters of Glorious Jesus. It's a good question to ask. What shall I render to my Lord for all the wonderful things He's done for me? And that's how we choose to start a City Breakfast Show today with our Dow Family Fix. On 973. Alright, so focus on what you can do for others, not what they can do for you at the beginning of every relationship. Whether it's a work relationship, a marriage relationship, or just a normal friendship. Now, it's important to focus on adding value to others because when you add value to others, they get the impetus and the resource to add value back to you. So scripture says, give and it shall be given back to you. Now that could be time, that could be money, that could be value, that could be attention. So give first. For it is more blessed to give than to receive. So even in an employment relationship, when you're interviewing somebody, don't focus on what they can do for you. Focus on what your business can do to advance them. That's how you sell your business to them. And once they understand what you can do for them, they will have no problem giving to your vision. So give first. Focus on adding value before demanding value. Business Sense brought to you by ADB. If you have an existing personal loan with us and you've serviced it for up to a year, then we have great news for you. We're giving you a personal special loan top-up to meet your school and hostel fees, rent, mortgage, domestic needs and more. With a special personal loan top-up, you reduce your interest rate, you extend your repayment period, and you also extend your existing monthly repayment amount. Call ADB on 059-3844-898 or visit any of our branches nationwide. ADB truly are Greek and more. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is City 97.3. The City Breakfast Show. Why is above the noise?
the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Definitely a new me coming up. Uh, it's a weird one because the uh, 30th is usually the end of something. But Monday is the beginning of something as well. So, <laughs> can play how you like it. So, it's the 30th day of January, a day before 31st. On, at long last, January is ending. Hooray! <laughs> January is coming to an end. January also ends. And the news about reviews beginning next is brought to you by Total Energies. Three time, three consecutive times. We are the oil marketing company of the year, and we have basically been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Basically, they've retired us. They say the thing we know, we know I'm sure. <laughs> now we are committed to deliver of quality and innovative products and services to enhance your experience, and we're dedicating these awards to you, our valued customers. Thank you for your unwavering trust and loyalty in us. As a multi-energy company, we'll continue to deliver exciting and innovative products for you. No Alright, so it's a clean slate for the week. Hopefully some new issues coming up. It was a political heavy week uh, last week. Or it was a politics heavy week. Richard Scott was working overtime. <laughs> Explaining <laughs> what is happening in Parliament. One bench, three line whip, parliamentary discourse <laughs> and discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Nathan Kwa is back after two weeks. Hiatus, Nathan, good to have you. Good hi, morning. hi, good morning. You look refreshed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you step back a little. It's very important. Breathe. And then come back and more. Yeah, go at it again. Yes. Yeah. So you went on a holiday or something? Yeah. I mean, I was just, I was just, yeah, yeah, just taking for town. Stay for house. Yeah. Just do one or two. Yeah. Now they call it staycation. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Staycation. Staycation. You have to take care of all the unfinished business. Staycation. Staycation. Yeah. They used to something or something vacation. Vacation. Yeah. You know, then they have vacation. Yeah, vacation, yeah. that's why you move to bay. You came back from the UK. You got more Charlie, stay. What is that? Staycation. You stay. You stay. stay in your house. You stay in your house as a vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the vacation. Vacation means that you have moved camps. To where? Uh, to well, the, the illegal, illegal side of things. Illegal side of things. So the bay is a legal one. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Bay no, is illegal. So there's vacation, yeah. which is when you travel somewhere. Yeah. Staycation, you, you travel yeah. to your house. Yeah. And then vacation, yeah. you, you yeah. go to yeah. the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the education. <laughs> Let's go into the details this morning. The Ghanaian Times says this morning, domestic debt exchange program. Government to announce a new deal today Mm. as deadline for voluntary individual bondholder participation ends tomorrow. Mm. Also, we are told this morning that illicit drugs trade depriving Africa of resources. Um, and development, according to our president, Nana Dudanko Ekufuado. The AG is also on the front page this morning, and it says that Attorney General Taos garnished strong human rights record at UN <coughs> Jennifer Compound. 
Okay. Uh, the Daily Graphic says stop 88 billion dollar illegal outflow from Africa. Kofado mm-hmm. urges states. Commemorative stamps. Ghana Post expresses gratitude to Tumfo. Mm. GS cautions public over cash for SHS placement mm. and policeman leaves service rifle in Trotro. The story was on City FM yesterday. And on the back page of the, Ga- uh, the Daily Graphic, sorry, Niger beat Ghana to reach Maiden Chan semis and Obinjunia wins day for hearts at Takwa. Mm. Okay, let me take you to the final for this morning. Let's stop theft of Africa's 88 billion US dollars through illicit financial uh, flows every year. According to President Anado Danko Kufuado, his predecessor is also here on the front page. Mahama backs debt restructuring and calls for extensive dialogue with bondholders. Something here too says that domestic debt exchange gathers momentum as three institutional bondholders join in. And Ye will continue with job creation despite economic slowdown, according to Mr. Kofi Ejepon, uh, who is the CEO there. Okay, the Herald says NDC Council of Elders steps into Haruna's north-south clashes. Montaka's lack of consultation lies exposed. MPP divided on dates for presidential primaries as Kufuado is also confused at reshuffle. Hmm. Hmm. KGL Group Boss wants heavy diaspora investment in Ghana's economy and Alpha Lotus supports Lepers, Black Stars coach with cash. Plus, another businessman, Ali Seydou, named as funding NDC minority leadership crisis. The Chronicle says this morning, Mosquito lets the cat out of the bag. Why Haruna and Muntaka were fired comes with a photograph of General Mosquito. Also, uh, after um, to eliminate 97% of tariffs on goods traded in Africa, according to our president. And don't give, give corrupt African leaders escape routes, according to President mm. Mahama and two best point savings and loan staff jailed 10 years for stealing 1.2 million Ghana cities. Wow. Okay. The Inquisitor says changes in parliament, NDC dark forces at work. Hey. And there's a, there's a mix of pictures, Johnson. I see you doing Ketia, Haruna Idrisu, Kasia Forcing, and Fifi. Quitty. Peace Watch Honest IGP wife and there are other stories on the front page of the Inquisitor. I take you to the anchor for this morning. Mahama promises Western Region Cabinet portfolios as NDC moves to sweep votes ahead of election 2024. Also, police inspector forgets Ghana in Trotro as you read much earlier <laughs> after pocketing 1000. No, it's actually. 100. 100 Ghana City bribe, mm. and the officer in question has been interdicted. And that's for investment key to Ghana's economy, according to the GIPC board chairman. Okay, the BNFT finally from me. Uh, poultry, uh, poultry industry woes deepen. Mm. Feed accounts for 70% of production cost. 80% of farmers in Accra out of business. Mm. Other stories, opacity of. Um, 15 billion city stability fund leaves analysts concerned mm. and consensus on debt exchange to spare cities stability mm. plus zpay expands into zambia and how to contract a private military company in africa mm. that's on page 17 mm. of the bnft and the new crusading guy says this morning the after we cannot afford to fail according to president kufuado uh, speaking to business leaders over the weekend. Also, caretaker trade minister Abu Jinapur urges private sector to own the after agenda 
and land guards on rampage at Otano. Let's go online, citynewsroom.com. Majority of MPP delegates prefer Baumia, according to a survey for MPP mm. election 2024. Mm. Meanwhile, after building infrastructure without taxes is difficult. This is the finance minister of Ghana. Mm-hmm. Now, over $130 billion needed annually to bridge Africa's infrastructure gap. This is the vice president as well. And then GS is cautioning the public against SHS placement fraud. You read this story on multiple platforms. Now, there's a story we've been following. Husband of the yellow CC watch uh, seller, which got poisoned or the the the, the watch that had the contamination yeah. says it will be difficult for my wife to bounce back it's a video interview with citynewsroom.com so that's something to look out for and uh, a few other stories on uh, online if you go to major online the lead story is the education ministry cautions against payment of money for school placement and then uh, over 4,000 Burkinabes seek asylum in Boko West District. Mm-hmm. The reason this story is important, later on, I'll show you a Bloomberg story, mm-hmm. which says that, uh, the, but the elite story for Africa is that Russia's footprint grows in Africa mm. as France leaves Burkina Faso. So the effect of Russia, and look at another one, Guinea-Bissau says Russia shows willingness to cancel its debts. Mm. So a lot mm. of former French colonies are closing up to Russia, mm-hmm. and a lot of the the situations are not really nice. So, 4,000 Burkina basic asylum in West Boko District, and we know it's because of the insecurity there. Also, close down office of the Auditor General, Gamro CEO fumes. Oh, wow. Meanwhile, monkeypox outbreak, Ghana records four deaths, 116 cases. Hmm. And then, majority minority leadership change, party is not divided, as in KTR, assures NDC UK. Then, if you go to Bloomberg, Africa, they have a very interesting story about Ghana. Ghana is set for the world's biggest rate hike so far this year. Where rate is one? So interest rates increase. The MC, MPC mm-hmm. policy rate is going to rise by 200 basis points. And Ghana has the third most negative real interest rate in the world. Wow. After, guess what countries? Uh, Sri Lanka. Number one. Mm-hmm. Turkey, number two. Mm. Ghana, number three. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, so our, our negative, negative interest rate simply means the difference between your, your interest rate and inflation. And ours is over 25 negative. It's a serious situation. So the difference is wide, I guess. It means that any money, I mean, inflation is what eats away anything you save. So, yes. and a real negative interest rate means that inflation is higher than the rate that you, you charge. It's a terrible situation. It is, really. Mm. Let's get into the details. Okay, so let's stay with the economy since you brought up issues having to do with the economy. Uh, mm. I'll take you to the uh, Ghanaian Times, the story about the debt exchange program. We're told government will announce a new deal today. Mm-hmm. And the story is by a Times reporter, and it says that the Ministry of Finance will today announce a new package for individual bondholders under the Domestic Bond Exchange Program. A highly placed source familiar with the arrangement has told the Ghanaian Times. Now, although details of the new deal were not revealed, the source said the offer will be in line with the government's agenda to restructure its debt Mm. to a sustainable level in order to seal the International Monetary Fund deal. Mm. Now, it described as inaccurate a statement by Martin Pebu, a convener of the Individual Bondholders Forum, that the ministry had agreed to exempt the individual bondholders from the DDE with deadline expires tomorrow. Now, according to the source, at the conclusion um, of their meeting, uh, which is the Joint Technical Committee meeting, attended by the representatives of the Ministry of Finance and the IBF, the ministry reiterated that the DDE invitation remained for a long time. Okay. If you go to page three of the BNFT, uh, the paper says consensus on debt exchange to spare uh, city stability. Mm. 
The story says, following the successful finalization of agreements between the government and key bondholders, the Ghana Association of Bankers and the Ghana Insurance Association, regarding their participation in the debt exchange program, analysts are predicting a stable out- outlook for the city. This will be a major boost for businesses and the economy at large, with the currency having been on a on the losing end for a good part of last year and this year. Mm. By the middle of the second week of this year, the city had depreciated at an estimated 12.7% on a year-to-year basis, closing the period at 13.10 CDs mm. to a dollar on the Forex parallel Still market. on debt exchange, Article 71 office holders must take a 50% haircut. This is Labor Federation story by GNA. Mm-hmm. The Ghana Federation of Labor has recommended a 50% haircut on the salaries and emoluments of Article 71 office holders as part of the domestic debt exchange mm-hmm. or restructuring program. Now, and this is to reduce pressure on the public purse. Now, they're making reference to the President, the Vice Speaker of Parliament, Chief Justice, Justice of the Supreme Court with salaries charged to the consolidated fund and enjoying special uh, constitutional privilege. Now, Abraham Kumsen, mm-hmm. who is the general secretary of GFL, said this at the GNA Industrial News Hub platform in Tema. He said Ghana was currently encountering a major financial challenge and articles of office holders could not sit aloof. Mm-hmm. Now, there's still more debt exchange. Yeah, before, before let me just yeah. run a quick commentary on that. You, you know, there's been this debate about, you know, whether we should continue to even pay them in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, there's also a suggestion that instead of just every year, every four years paying them something, mm-hmm. we should create a condition tied to the payment so that if you run the economy badly... So, like, mm-hmm. if there's a deficit... Yeah, that's no right. Pay. You No pay, no nothing. Like that. Yeah, but again, it will come Performance back... Pay. Now, still, in Ghanaian mm-hmm. time, Mahama is talking about debt exchange. Yeah, that's what I'm going Just to now. Before Page on. 13 of the um, paper has that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ex-President Mahama advocates restitu- uh, reinstitution, extension of debt uh, service initiative um, for debt strat countries. And the story says that... Uh, Former President Mahama has advocated the reinstitution and extension of the debt service suspension initiative to afford Ghana and other debt-strapped um, countries some limited fiscal uh, respite. Delivering a lecture at the Chatham House in the United Kingdom yesterday, he also called for the expansion of the common framework for mm. debt treatment beyond the DSSI to help African countries access the debt restructuring tools and mechanisms. Mm. Now, he goes on to tell you about what the DSSI is. Yeah. And Finally, the governor in the center spread of the graphic says we will support banks to deal with domestic debt challenges. Mm-hmm. This is Dr. Ernest well, Addison yes. making that well, assurance. While on page 3 of the BNFT, finally, uh, analysts say they are concerned that there isn't a lot of clarity concerning the 15 billion CD stability fund. That's also in relation to the domestic debt exchange. Let me give you one final story on the economy. Ghana said for the world's biggest rate hike so far this year, according to Bloomberg, and it says most economists in Bloomberg survey see a 200 basis point hike. Ghana is the third largest uh, negative interest rate in the world. Now, Ghana is poised to extend its steepest ever phase of interest rate hikes on Monday mm. to put a lid on lofty inflation and show up its currency. Most economists served by Bloomberg predict the Monetary Policy Committee will lift the key rate by 200 basis points. This story by Ecodonto, by the way. Uh, lift the uh, rate by 20 basis points. One forecast an increase of 250 basis points and, a, and two will forecast a hold. Now, the MPC has already doubled the interest rate since November 2021 as it deals with the worst inflation shock in decades. Mm-hmm. And a hike of the size will be the largest of any central bank so far this year. Wow. And the reason the MPC, uh, uh, okay, of course, the MPC prefers to keep interest rates above inflation mm-hmm. in order to attract investment. But in the current circumstance, 
it's not able to do this. Uh, let's move to something else. Okay, so uh, the AFTA has been in the news over the last uh, few weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, the things uh, came to a crescendo yeah, mm-hmm. uh, last uh, over the weekend. The close summit. Exactly. And um, if you go to the newspapers, almost every newspaper has a story mm-hmm. on the AFTA um, summit that was held in the eastern region. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to page 8, there is a big story there. Let's stop theft of Africa's 88 billion, mm-hmm. quoting President Danado Danko Kufuado, and the story says President Danado Danko Kufuado has tasked African leaders to pay serious attention to and arrest illicit financial outflows from the continent, which are estimated mm-hmm. to be around 88 billion US dollars annually. Now, mm-hmm. fully uh, realized thereafter um, to yield um, 35 billion each year. That's mm-hmm. another subheadline in there. And mm-hmm. it goes on to say that 88 billion annual tax moti- motivated illicit financial flow mm-hmm. is more than double the 35 billion dollars a fully realized African uh, continental free trade area agreement is expected. To 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 so they are, they, are, they are stealing more than so they should, double. They should, they should block the loophole. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, there's another story there in the paper, page 9, which says Jinapur edges private sector to own the after agenda. Mm-hmm. And that story says caretaker minister for trade and industries uh, Samuel Abujinapo has urged the private sector in Ghana and in Africa to own the African continental free trade area agenda. Nathan? Okay. Page um, 28 of the Daily Graphic. GS cautions public over cash for SHS placement. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in this day when you know, people are getting to know their BC results. Clearly, this is uh, an important thing. Now, the Ghana Education Service has cautioned the public to report persons who approach them to pay money mm. for placement into any SHS to the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a statement dated January 29, the GS stated that uh, preparations were ongoing for the release of the computerized school selection and placement system for the 2023-24 mm-hmm. academic year. It further urged the public to be uh, careful when it came to fake news portals mm-hmm. and instead they should follow the GS official social media handles for more information. Mm-hmm. Now talking about um, misconduct and all of these things, mm-hmm. page 29 of the Daily Graphic mm-hmm. man charged for selling packaged broken tiles as Charlie. phones. Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Charlie. Now the, a self-styled phone trader who allegedly sold packed broken tiles as phones mm-hmm. has been admitted to bail in the sum of 10,000 CDs with two sureties by um, a circuit court in Accra. Mm-hmm. Mustafa Hamidu has been charged with two counts of attempting to commit crime and defrauding by false pretense. Mm-hmm. He has, been, he has uh, pleaded not guilty to the charges at the court presided over by Kwabna Kodria Obri Yeboa. Back Talking to the finder. Uh-huh. Uh, if you go to the finder, there's a story there that Bernard flagged earlier. Mm-hmm. Over 4,000 Burkinabes asylum in Chale? the West District. And uh, the story says at least 4,000 Burkina Faso nationals are seeking refuge in some parts of the Boko West District of the Upper East Region following terrorist attacks in some border communities in Burkina Faso. Now, the refugees moved to Ghana after some homes in Zuago, uh, Bugri and Zabre. Farming communities in Burkina Faso, including a police station, were attacked by terrorists believed to be jihadists, leading to loss of lives. Now, many people, especially women and children, have been displaced as a result, while others have sought asylum in other areas, including Ghana. Now, the situation is causing fear and panic among residents in the border communities, including with Namba, uh, Sogo, uh, Sapeliga, uh, Kansogo, 
and Gugu in Boku West District and um, other areas are also mentioned here. Uh, but he goes on to quote some um, authorities here as making a number of Then Now, what is more troubling now is mm-hmm. that uh, Russia's footprint grows in Africa as France leaves Burkina Faso. Mm-hmm. The former colonial power's withdrawal leaves a vacuum that the mercenary Wagner group is eager to fill. This is a Bloomberg story as well. Let me just give some two paragraphs. The France will withdraw its military from Burkina Faso within a month mm-hmm. following a request from the West African country's governing junta. The removal is the largest sign of the former colonial power's collapsing influence in the region, a development that Russia has eagerly exploited. Now, the end of France's roughly 400-person mission in Burkina Faso comes 10 months after its troops were kicked out of neighboring Mali, mm-hmm. where France forces spent nearly a decade leading a losing fight against a growing jihadist insurgency which killed thousands and displaced millions as it spread across the Sahel. In both France, sorry, in both countries, i.e. Uh, Burkina Faso and Mali, the French withdrawal occurred as government leaders strengthened their ties to Russia, which has used the mercenary Wagner group to gain a foothold in Central African Republic, Libya and Sudan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure we'll discuss some Sorry. of this later. Well, on. Let's stay with the matter of security because Sorry. there's a very interesting story on mm-hmm. page four, but troubling at the same time, uh-huh. uh, of the Anchor newspaper. Mm-hmm. Police inspector forgets gun after pocketing 100 Ghana CD bribe. Chale. Officer interdicted. Chale. And look, the details are captured in uh, a police uh, statement that was released on the 28th day of January 2023. And let me just read that statement in full uh, and forget about the rest of the story. Now, mm-hmm. the story says that. Uh, the, the statement says police interdict inspector for leaving a service rifle in a commercial vehicle. Paragraph one. The police administration has interdicted a police inspector for negligently leaving a service rifle in a commercial vehicle. Paragraph two says the rifle has since been returned by the driver of the said vehicle who also alleged that the inspector had extorted money from oh. him. Oh. Paragraph three oh. says the interdicted <laughs> officer, Inspector Suleimana Adam, uh, stationed with the rapid deployment force, Takradi in the Western region has been referred to the Police Professional Standards Bureau, which is the PIPS, uh, to allow for a thorough investigation into the circumstances surrounding mm. the incident. Forget himself. <laughs> the final program says both the inspector and the driver are assisting the investigation. Definitely. Okay. If you go to p- the Herald, uh, mm. page three of the Herald says NDC Council of Elders steps into Harunas North South clashes. Mm. Now, the Council of Elders of the opposition NDC has once again stepped into the crisis created by the reshuffle. Of the minority leadership side of parliament, mm. sparking an intra party war of words mm-hmm. between the North and South caucuses of the party, mm. which claims united and ready to oust the MPP. Mm. Ahead of a meeting set for January 31, the council urged aggrieved, the aggrieved MPs and the party leadership at all levels and all concerned persons to refrain from further public pronouncements mm-hmm. on the appointment of two new party leaders in parliament saying quote this is a time to be circumspect in order not to play into the hands of our detractors let, let me take you into a regional story in the graphic page 23 coco farmers refute al jazeera report on child labor story by Duchi kobla akobotu from second d coco farmers in the western region have described as criminal a false report by regional media by foreign media that staged and filmed a scene in a coco farm in the region under the guise of being Cocoa board officials. Hey. This follows publications by Qatar based media organization Al Jazeera, whose reporters visited Ohiam Ohiam Pe Nika. Nipa or what? Ohiam Pe Nika. 
That's the name of the town in the Memphis West District in the Western Region, and disguise themselves as officials of Cocoa Board. Okay. Now, that is a reporter speaking through a Ghanaian interpreter told the unsuspecting farmers that they were from Cocoa Board, and their mission was to interact with them and document their challenges to help provide solutions. The farmers said after discussing some production and answering their questions, the Al Jazeera team requested to visit a nearby cocoa farm for some videos to support their discussion, after which the supposed officials made a lot of promises to the farmers. Now, then they go on to give us what happened. That a former assembly member of the area, Samuel Ofori Asari, who featured in Al Jazeera report, said the media house did not tell them about their intention. The interesting thing was that it came it was on Sunday and they claimed to the Cocoa Board officials. And when they requested to go to one of the farms, a resident whose farm was nearby agreed to take them. It says they now went on to talk about how three of Mr. John's teenage nephews returning from church were asked to change their clothes and go to their uncle's farm. In the farm, the journalists told the farmers to use the machete to harvest the pots from the tree and give it to the children to open for them to enable them to film. Oh, so they went to church, changed and went to take cook. He said the community who's, who were waiting for the uh, supposed support from Cocoa Board officials uh-huh. were shocked to see an Al Jazeera TV report on child labor on their farm. Oh, we didn't, we don't use children or engage in child labor in our cocoa production. And it is therefore wrong for Al Jazeera to visit our cocoa. I think, uh, I, I think that there's a serious, uh, if this is true, yeah, that the reporter states this. Mm-hmm. The, we the, can pursue the, the, the Yeah, the media house itself. Yeah. The community and Cocoa Board yes. must must be having a conversation. Exactly. They I must don't know if there's a World Media Ethics Board or something. If this is true, this the, is this is completely. The most important thing is to take them on and deal with the Al Jazeera. Yeah, that's I'm asking. It's about forum. If it was Ghana, you go to Media Commission. Mm-hmm. So globally, where will you go? I'll have to research it. Yeah, because if this is this is if it's true, mm-hmm. because from the report, like they basically said the kids came from church mm-hmm. and they said, well, "Go and change into clothes. Mm-hmm. Go to we are going to farm to do some shooting." Yeah, that's, that's and then they said that we are using cocoa. And you know what that means. Means. Mm-hmm. They are trying to reduce the value of our cocoa, mm-hmm. so that we, you know, this the whole agenda. Yesterday, I saw one flashing on Al Jazeera again mm-hmm. about La Côte d'Ivoire. They say they have gone mm-hmm. there to do some investigation. They are just looking for stories uh-huh. to. So we need to do something. Ghana Côte d'Ivoire thing we've done. Yes, they don't want it to happen. Yes, so they are just bastardizing everything. And and also the question is whether when you help your mother, if it's on she, a farm, on a farm, is it is, is it child labor? I mean, the, <laughs> the whole thing is that you see because the people who buy the cocoa and use our chocolate mm-hmm. use that from the west mm-hmm. some of their pet peeves and all those things that they think about is different yeah, yeah let me just take you back to parliament quickly because yeah. the chronicle has a story that says why haruna mutaka were fired and that mm-hmm. story is on page three by max olofori uh the first two paragraphs of the story um say that um, the national chairman mm-hmm. of the opposition national democratic congress johnson has disclosed that changes were made to the party's leadership in parliament because they were quote unquote not cooperating with the speaker of parliament on and the story goes on to say mm-hmm. the rather shocking revelation is in sharp contrast with the earlier explanation. A stadium catcher in an interview hours after the news broke about the widely criticized decision said the change had nothing to do with the capacity of the trio but had everything to do with reorganization of the party. <coughs> now, it's it, it election 2024, city newsroom. Majority of MPP's delegates prefer Baumia, according to a survey. Mm-hmm. The vice president, Vakla Baumia, is tipped to win the MPP presidential primaries to lead the party in 2024, okay. as is the preferred candidate among delegates. This was contained in a delegate-based survey conducted by Outcomes International Ghana and Center for Sustainable African Development Initiative mm. UK. The two firms jointly conducted a three-month survey between 15 November and 15 December. Now, a couple of interesting comments here. Mm. So the president is photographed with the president of Niger. Yes, after the beat Now, you should have told the man that, <laughs> that <laughs> people do to our people, it's not fair. You know, it's not correct. 
You know, we did gather with things that we be the King Kong. So, man, yeah, the man did <laughs> not finish with Charlie. And the man did, and then our city business news has uh-huh. a very troubling story. Uh-huh. Ghana's public debt stock is now 574 billion in November. And according to the Bank of Ghana, this is more than 90% of GDP. That's a serious 90% of GDP. More than. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Fast approaching 7 o'clock. City Business News coming up next. Brought to you by Goyle, your OMC of choice. We're making life ever so convenient. We now accept Momo for all fuel purchases. Just remember to Momo it at Goyle. You can also use your bank card. That's, in fact, all bank cards to buy fuel at Goyle. So drive to your nearest Goyle station now, buy fuel and pay by Momo, a bank card or a Goyle Go card. Visit our social media platform for more information. News is also brought to you by MTN. There's good news for small to medium-scale business owners. With FSME Plus, you get to manage all your personal costs in communication. This service simply allows you to choose from affordable packages and enjoy talk time, SMS, data, and business content all bundled into one. The other exciting news is that you get free on-net calls every Monday to from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Simply dial star 5060 hash to sign up today. The news is also sponsored by Enterprise Life and Access Bank. So, Nettie Nettie Ajaho is in the house with the news. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. Welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Girl Enterprise Life, your advantage, access bank more than banking, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, Ghana's public debt stock soars further to hit 575.7 billion Ghana cities, and the business community is urging the Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana to maintain the policy rate to make loans less expensive. To our stories now, and the Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana is expected to announce a new policy rate later this morning. This follows the completion of the Monetary Policy Committee's quarterly meetings to review the Ghanaian economy on Friday. It's not clear if the current 27% will be maintained, reduced or increased. However, the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, GNCCI, has ruled out the possibility of a change in the policy rate to be announced by the central bank. The chief executive officer of the GNCCI, Mark Bidu Abwaji, expects the figure to be reduced to make it less expensive for businesses to borrow from the banks. From the beginning of the year, we have constantly been increasing the monetary policy rate to its current level. And inflation is also constantly going up to a level of 50.3. Do you know that the, the producer price index is about 78%, which means that on average, from the beginning of the year to this level, the cost of production or doing a business on average has increased by 78%. And this is affecting businesses. So I personally would not want it to be increased further. At least the best they can do is to reduce the rates, and that will bring some relief to businesses. Once the rate comes down, I think the banks will also adjust and reduce 
the lending rate to businesses. If it goes up further, it is going to affect businesses badly. That was the Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Mark Bidu Abwaji. Today's announcement will be the first for this year and is expected to affect interest rates charged by banks on their loans given to customers. The central bank in November 2022 increased its policy rate by 250 basis points to 27%, citing risk to inflation and exchange rate concerns as reasons. Now, new figures released by the Bank of Ghana show that Ghana's public debt has reached 575.7 billion Ghana cities as of November 2022. This represents 93.5% of GDP. By this, the country's debt crisis has deepened further. The following news desk report has more. The new debt figure of 575.7 billion Ghana cities brings Ghana's debt to GDP ratio to 93.5%. This is the highest recorded in recent history. According to the Bank of Ghana's January 2023 summary of economic and financial data, the debt stock increased by 108.3 billion Ghana cities between September and November 2021. Per the data, the external component of Ghana's total public debt hit $29.2 billion in November 2022, equivalent to 62.1% of GDP. This is an increase from the $28.4 billion recorded in September 2022. It's also an increase in the city. In terms of domestic debt, it stood at 194.7 billion Ghana cities at the end of December 2022, representing 31.6% of GDP. This is compared to the 195.7 billion Ghana cities recorded in September 2022. The increase in the debt figure highlights the country's deepened debt crisis and comes at a time when government is seeking an IMF economic bailout. That was a City News Desk report. Management of Telcel Group has assured the staff of Vodafone of no layoffs as it takes over the company. This follows the National Communications Authority's approval for the transfer of the 70% majority shares in Ghana Telecommunications Company Limited, also Vodafone Ghana, held by Vodafone International Holdings BV to Telcel Group. There's more on this report by Michael Obudu. Vodafone Ghana had last year applied to the National Communications Authority to transfer 70% of its majority shares to Telesel, but this did not pull through after it failed to meet the regulatory requirements. Earlier this year, in a statement, the NCA later called for a resubmission following a careful evaluation of the application on various criteria and engagements with both parties. Speaking to City Business News, board chairman of Telesel Group, Nicholas Borge expressed delight at the progress made. Well, uh, yeah, we, we're very happy about it. Uh, it's been a year that we are talking with them, and uh, it's a year that uh, we, we believe very constructive year uh, to be able for us to fit to their needs. And today we are in a very uh, constructive state of mind with them and, and, and totally in face with them. However, since news broke about the deal, there has been an easy calm amongst the staff of Vodafone Ghana over their job security. But Mr. Borch stressed that there was absolutely no cause for concern. Not at all. Uh, we, we don't have any plan to lay off anyone or anybody in the staff. Uh, that's no, not the way we operate in Telesel. Uh, we prove it with uh, different uh, um, organization that we have in different countries. We, 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 our plan is to keep everyone, uh, every employee of uh, Vodafone. 
that's very reassuring. So what is the plan then? How do you roll out your strategy with uh, the current existing staff? Yeah, well, it's a bit too early to say that. Uh, but uh, uh, there is certainly idea that we're going to put in, 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 uh, in uh, materialization. Uh, but let me prepare that uh, a bit further uh, because we're just in the closing phase right now uh, and we have time to, uh, to advance on that. That was the board chairman of Telcel Group, Nicolas Bourne, ending that report in an exclusive interview with City Business News. Moving on, President Nana Kufuado has called for the use of tax policies, among others, to check illicit financial flows out of the continent. He is concerned that the activity, which cost Africa close to $100 billion, denies the continent the needed resources to facilitate growth and development. He was speaking during the closing session of the Made in Africa Prosperity Dialogues, dubbed the Kweu Summit. We need to pay serious attention to and arrest illicit financial outflows out of the continent, which are estimated at about some 88 billion United States dollars annually, depriving Africa of significant resources that could be used to support a development agenda. We must urgently and collectively institute comprehensive and unambiguous tax policies to combat tax-motivated illicit financial flows, strengthen legal and law enforcement systems, and bring together national agencies to stem such flows. We need concrete measures to stop the systemic impoverishment of our continent and and the theft of its resources. President Akufuado speaking there. The Institute of Energy Security is projecting further is projecting petrol retail for about 15 Ghana cities per litre in the next pricing window of February. This, according to the Institute, is due to the about 10% depreciation of the city against the dollar coupled with the price of gasoline and gas oil increasing by approximately 14% and 7.6% re- respectively on the global market. This is despite government's introduction and receipt of about 40,000 metric tons of fuel under the gold for oil policy. It's also part of government's efforts to address the high cost of fuel at the pumps, which have partly contributed to the spike in inflation in the country, currently hovering around the 50% mark. Presently, the national average price per litre of gasoline increased to about 13 cities 58 pesos from the 12 cities 54 pesos and gas oil for 14 cities 40 pesos and 15 cities 36 pesos during the second pricing window of January. Now, on the to bank foreign exchange market where banks trade amongst themselves the Ghana city is selling for 10 cities 80 pesos the British pound is going for 13 cities 38 pesos the euro is selling at 11 cities 7 pesos at some forex bureaus the city is selling for 12 cities 80 pesos the British pound is going for 15 cities 55 pesos and the euro for 13 cities 60 pesos let's now join Mark Jordan Sika Nati of Data Bank for the latest updates on the stock market Last week, the Ghanaian stock market registered seven price movers made up of one gainer and six laggards. Ben's oil palm plantation emerged as the sole gainer, climbing 10% week-on-week to eight Ghana cities 80 pesos, whilst Fan Milk PLC emerged as a top laggard, losing 10% week-on-week to two Ghana cities 70 pesos. The net effects of price changes drove down the market indices, with the GSE Composite Index losing 0.2% week-on-week, to 2,429.55 points, 
whilst the data bank stock index declined 0.33% week-on-week to 103.94 points. This week, with Sibben's oil palm plantation to gain due to high demand. On the other hand, we anticipate a decline in Ecobank Ghana and Unilever Ghana, fueled by signs of selling pressures. That was Mark Jordan Sikanati of Data Bank. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Go, Enterprise Life Advantage and Access Bank, more than banking and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netli Neti Ajaho. Have a good business day. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Fourteen minutes past seven is Monday the thirtieth. January has been a great month. We're bringing you the last edition of the Fetty Living series at nine o'clock, and it's really a summary of everything you've heard in the past four weeks. Michael Henry, I'll be talking about how to avoid self-sabotaging habits. It's really our bonus topic from nine o'clock on the City Breakfast Show. But coming up next is kick off. What a terrible week it's been for <laughs> teams I support. <laughs> you know, but at least there's some good news. Novak Djokovic has won his 22nd <laughs> Grand Slam. <laughs> I'm surprised that you have not mentally checked out of the teams you support for the season. You see that that's the that's the coping mechanism. When when you know that the things are not going well, you just need to mentally check out. But you can't. You know, it's difficult. The, the, the Ghana one really pained me because I, you know, my thing about Niger. I thought like Niger they overwhelm me. Charlie, they, they, they beat us well. Oh yeah, very complex. It wasn't even as if like if if we had been given another ninety minutes, they would have probably beaten yes! us by a bigger score. Charlie, it's like yeah. it's not. We're yeah. not even. Yeah, they were better you know, than us. Charlie, better I don't know whether it's our local league. Something's just not right no, there. They, the f- football has caught up. You know, mm. in the last competition. We've been eliminated by Comoros and mm. Niger. So, if and that, beat us. exactly, if that doesn't tell us anything, mm. if it doesn't tell us to wake up and do our things well, well, uh, who knows? Anyway, so let's get into kickoffs. Brought to us by Lesherho. Are you a private school targeting to buy a school bus sometime this year? That's a good dream to have. Well, why wait for later when you can? We can support you do it now. Come along, apply for our competitive school bus loan with convenient payment terms. Call Michael on zero five seven. Four one one seven eight five one. That's zero five seven four one one seven eight five one. Let's do it together. Let's share who let's improve life. All right, so Ben has the details. Let's get into the headlines. And Mohamed Kudus named Swag Sports Personality of the Year. Andrea Yu mutually terminates contract with Al Saad. And in the NBA, there were wins for the Cavaliers and the Milwaukee Bucks.
let's get into the details of Black Stars midfielder Mohamed Kudu says he is motivated to do more after winning the 2022 Swag Sports Personality of the Year and Footballer of the Year awards. Now, the Ajax player said this in a recorded speech played after he won the biggest prize at the 47th edition of the awards. Now, Kudus, who crowned his weekend with a goal in the Dutch Eredivisie, was among 25 athletes honored for their outstanding exploits in various sporting disciplines in the year under review. I'm really, really happy to be in this position, to be an award winner, and this serves as a big motivation for me to even keep doing more. So I just want to thank everyone else who's been involved in this and the whole people of Ghana. And I want to congratulate all the other award winners and the contenders. Um, I believe we are all winners. We are all together and I wish the best to everyone. Swag Sports Personality of the Year, Mohamed Kudus, speaking there to some other news. And let's get to the camp of the Galaxies. And their head coach, Anor Walker, says his team's elimination from the 2022 Chan tournament is undeserving. Now, Ghana lost by two goals to nil to Niger in the quarterfinals on Saturday to crash out of the tournament. A distraught Anor Walker told CAF Online, and I quote, I am really down. I never expected to lose this match. Even at 2-0 down, we failed to score even just one goal. It was, uh, It is a very big blow for us as a team. The Nigerians were taking the 50-50 balls. They were determined. You could see that they were determined to win this match at all costs. And when they got an early goal, it gave them more determination. End quote. So, Anor Walker uh, says he doesn't think his team deserves to lose. Um, in the end... Um, the galaxies will be back home um, here with us. So let's let's move forward. Let's get to some of the other results. Algeria 1, Ivory Coast nil, Senegal 1, Mauritania nil, Madagascar 3, Mozambique 1, and Niger 2, Ghana nil. So the semi-final pairings have been done. Algeria will take on Niger, and Senegal will be up against Madagascar. Let's get to the Bet Power Premier League match with 14 Asante Kotoko. They were in prime form when they thrashed Kotoku Royals by 5 goals to 1. Rich Lamte was on the score sheet. Steven Mukwala scored twice, said Zeze, and also Safu Taylor all getting in on the action. Kotoko coach said Zebo was satisfied that his players implemented the game plan. Comme j'ai dit au début, il n'y a rien à dire encore. On a travaillé pour qu'on devrait soutenir Mukwala dans les situations faciles. We don't have much to say. Uh, like we said, we have worked very, very hard for, for some of the players in our attack, attacking lineup to get support to to Mukwila. And that's what happened because we have practiced it. We saw that that is a problem. And at least we put it in the play and it works out. Now head coach of Kotoku Royals, John Eduafo, admitted his team lost to a superior side. My boys have equally played well. Just that their level is not up to the standard of Kotoko. And um, you could see the quality in Kotoko. It's more high than that of my my boys, and I would say that is the attribution of why we have lost the game. So John Eduardo there speaking for Kotoku Royals. Miriamma also lost by one goal to nil to Accra Hartofo Kwejo Obeng Jr. with the only goal in that particular encounter. Hartofo haven't won uh, in Takwa since 2016. So this was a big, big win for them. Accra Hartofo head coach Slavko Matic loved the attitude and tactical discipline of his players. I think we prepared this game in the way what I don't like, to give more ball to opponents, to play more of opposite transition like we score goal. That was very important for us to win on the way how we want to play. I watched three games of Mediama, 
But for me, was the most important how they play against the Sante Kotoko. They lose here against the Sante Kotoko, but they make a lot of problems for the Sante. We didn't give them that. We didn't give them that. I'm happy because my players, they show very good attitude and they show very good tact tactically discipline. Every chance what we have tried to use, we have luck, we use one. You know, everything is about state of mind. You can change tactic, running, technical things, but mentality you need time. And uh, we start to change, we're going on well, we're going on the good route, it's not easy. Slavko Matic is head coach of Accra Hatifu. In the other results, Great Olympics 1, Karela nil. RTU 2 in Swatrama nil. Samatex 1, Kim Faisal nil. Brekum Chelsea 1, Dreams FC nil. Adriana Stars 1, Accra Lions 1. Tamale Cities 2, Bibiani Gold Stars 3. Legon Cities 1, Bechem United 3. Now the league table after match week 14 has Adriana sitting top on 25 points. There's Kotoko also on 24 in second. Hearts in third on 24. And then you have Gold Stars in fourth. Also on 23 points. Let's get to the FA Cup fourth round. That was where the action was this weekend. Brighton and Hove Albion, they have dumped Liverpool out of the FA Cup. Uh, fourth round stage 2-1 is how that game ended. Mitoma getting the critical goal in that encounter. Let's hear from Liverpool manager Jürgen Klopp after his team's defeat. Uh, the game was obviously completely different to the, to the one we played a couple of weeks ago here. Very much more complicated for Brighton, had much more own situations, scored a wonderful goal, had good situations first half. Gave again too many easy balls away where they can take counter-attacks. They were actually the first half the best situations they had um, when we gave them the ball unnecessarily. And then they scored two goals from set pieces, which is it's so tough to, to accept, but they did it. Um, and so we don't go this year to the next round. Jürgen Klopp is Liverpool head coach. Now, Man United did beat Reading by three goals to one. Casemiro scoring twice in that game. And Fred also getting on the score sheet. There's Ghanaian interest, Babaraman and Andy Yadon both featuring in that particular game. Let's hear from Man United captain Harry Maguire, who spoke highly of their strong home form. We definitely haven't won 11 on the spin since I've been here. Um, the actual times where, where we were playing really well and collecting a lot of points when I've been here, we were probably better away from home. So, you know, it's great that... We've got to make your home a, a fortress. It's, a, it's really important. Um, it's got to be tough for people to come, and I'm sure if you spoke to their boys tonight, I think that it was it was relentless. That the first half was relentless without the goal, and we controlled the game from them on. And like I said, maybe we got a little bit sloppy in the last 15 minutes, but um, the game was won, and we're into the next round, and that's the most important thing. Harry Maguire, Man United captain, speaking there. Man City, they beat Arsenal by one goal to nil. Preston North End lost 3-0 to Tottenham. Walsall lost 1-0 to Leicester. Accrington lost 3-1 to uh, Leeds United. Fulham and Sunderland drew 1-1. So there'll be a replay of that one. And then Southampton beat Blackpool by two goals to one. Let's now get into some transfer-related stuff. And Al Saad have terminated the contract of Black Stars captain Andrea Yu by mutual consent. The 33-year-old had five months left on his two-year deal with the Qatari club. Now, Chelsea have signed Leon right-back Marlo Gusto for £26 million, with the 19-year-old spending the rest of the season in France on loan. Now, Gusto becomes the latest Chelsea arrival on a seven-and-a-half-year deal at Stamford Bridge and will end 2022-2023 uh, with 
with his current side Olympic Lyonnais. Now Morocco's World Cup star Azadine Onahi has signed for Olympic Marseille until June 2027. Onahi, who was targeted for Leeds, moves from French side Angers for a reported fee of £8.7 million. Also in the camp of Inter Milan, they have rejected a €20 million Euro offer from PSG for centre-back Milan Skriniar. Now the player will be a free agent in the summer and he has already signed a pre-contract agreement to move to PSG in July. Juventus are also busy and they have agreed a deal with Leeds United for American international Weston McKinney for a loan plus option to buy deal which could become an obligation under certain conditions. Now Leeds will pay a 1.5 million euro loan fee with the uh, optional price in the summer of 35 million plus 5 million in add-ons. Anthony Gordon has sealed his 45 million pound switch to Newcastle after handing in a transfer request at Everton. A 21-year-old becomes Eddie Howe's first signing of the month as the Premier League's third-place team bolstered their attacking options for the second half of the season. Now, Leeds, uh, Leicester City have also signed Brazilian winger Tete on a short-term deal until the end of of the season so that's what's going on on the transfer front let's finish off with some tennis and Novak Djokovic says he hopes winning uh, 22 Grand Slams will inspire young players to dream big the Seb sealed a record extending 10th title at the Australian Open with a 6-3-7-6-7-6 victory against Stefanos Tsitsipas he equals Nadal's all-time record for the most uh, Grand Slam men's singles titles with 22 the message really for any young tennis player around the world who is watching this now and dreaming to be here where Stefanos and I am, uh, dream big, dare to dream because everything is possible. Don't let anybody take away the dream. Doesn't matter where you're coming from. Um, I actually think that the more disadvantaged childhood you have, uh, the more difficulties and more challenges you have, the stronger you become. So, Stefanos and I are the proof of that. Australian Open champion Novak Djokovic speaking there and that's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia. Kickoff was brought to us by Le Cerro. There's more sports at citysportsonline.com This is the City Breakfast Show. The City's Biggest Conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3.
The City Breakfast Show. Seven thirty-two. Yes. The thing about the thing I know about these songs is that they are so short. These are nice songs. Eh? Bethany, why is it so short? Eh? Were they paying rent to to sing the song? So they have to make it shorter. This is Rambles. I'm just trying to uh, give you a sense of what is happening in March. I am so excited about the month of March. It is our heritage month. You would understand the manner of many things, their histories, their cultural contexts. We'll give you great music every day on the City Breakfast Show on Breakfast Daily. The honor series will be coming your way big time. Then we have back to the village food bazaar. <laughs> back to you know, yesterday I was wearing my hat to folk jersey, and then somebody said, hey, Aloski, this jersey, I saw it. you were wearing joined back to the village food bazaar. <laughs> yeah, back to the village food bazaar. So that's also happening in the month of March, and of course, the heritage caravan. Yes. A few happy birthday wishes coming through. It's on 30th January. Our daughter turns 13, and this is her only wish. Her name is Yaira Anagbla. She is a student of Vine Christian School. From your dad, your mom, and your sisters, we wish you a happy birthday. Welcome to becoming a teenager. You are special to us and we love you dearly. Yaira Anagbala, 13 years old. Also from the management and staff of Engineers and Planners Company Limited, Jata Cement and all its subsidiary companies. Wishing Ibrahim Mahama, CEO of Jata, <laughs> Jata Cement. Your impact on humanity cannot be quantified. You keep changing and transforming the lives of many. Across the continent, your vision and industry is unmatched. Your leadership is exceptional. You are like an endless fountain of inspiration. Having a boss like you is such a great blessing. Coming from Rafik Mahama, who is your communications and personal aide, to Ibrahim Mahama, engineers and planners. <laughs> Ibrahim Mahama. Ibrahim Mahama, Charlie. What, what would it be like being the personal aid to a man like Ibrahim Mohammed. Yeah, he's just big man, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, the kind of things you must know. Yeah. The yeah. kind of things you must be able to do. Thank you. <laughs> to just even be a... It's not easy. Yeah. Happy birthday to Daddy Bosco. Charlie, the guy is 60. Oh, you mean Daddy Bosco? Original... Rasta man. Yes, original Daddy Bosco is 60 years old. It's called Mr. Ahuma. Bosco Okansa, aka Daddy Bosco, head of communication and special project at Musica. Yeah, Rasta. Rasta. No, Rasta, Rasta <laughs> I remember that so many years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that the Bosco called the, the members of the brotherhood. Yes, please. You know, <laughs> for a press conference. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and the GJ press center. <laughs> you know, this was, I think this was at the height of, we should pay reparation to, mm -hmm. you know, the black community. You know, Charlie, mm -hmm. you know, when you, Man was listening to the conversation yes. with consciousness. I tell you, that. <laughs> those are the days of Blacky Dubu. <laughs> yes, Daddy Bosco, happy birthday, man! Yes, happy birthday, man! Uh, but uh, this is uh, let me do this one for Felix Nilante Bruce. He's with the Ghana Water Company Limited, the Accra West region. Today is his birthday, and all of us are wishing him happy birthday mm. for his loyalty, um, listening to us, and then also doing great things at uh, Ghana Water. Mm. And also happy birthday from uh, old friend Kwame Jumo Hajimai to his one and only Mrs. Dokas Mamiya. Thank you. Jumo Hajimai. Thank you. Today is her birthday. A few more coming in. Happy birthday to Amina Diallo of Malangbawe. God bless you so much. We love you. And to Ibrahim Mahama from Kamshi Sense and Beyond. Also from Munamadi and the entire family to Ibrahim Mahama. I would also wish my good friend Ali Dunasa. Yesterday was your birthday. Of Purple Cow and other places. Member of the Odadia 98-year group. It's called Nas. Yesterday was your birthday. Happy birthday. Also to Na Abeka of Access Bank GH, corporate communications team. Happy birthday to you from Fatima. Some people are alleging that the sister, the sister, yes, for that the Bosco is his football age. The sister is too small. Happy birthday to Eddie Quino. And your bed is on the second. So her bed is in advance. So many things on my mind to talk about this morning. But before I go there, January is so long, it's still not over. It's five weeks, guys. Uh, be part of the Zenith Bank Mastercard more for more promo now. Where if you spend a thousand cities or more online or via POS using a Zenith Mastercard or debit card, you will get fuel coupons, shopping vouchers, and up to twenty thousand cities cash at the end of the month. Shop and pay using a Zenith Mastercard debit and be rewarded with cool cash to shop again in the Zenith more for more promo. Promo is regulated by National Lottery Authority on the Caritas Lottery platform. Terms and conditions apply. Zenith Bank in your best interest. And this year's Enterprise Motor Insurance promo, dear, a year different. Buy or renew your motor insurance with Enterprise and win instant gifts such as fuel coupons, branded gifts, items, and qualify for the monthly raffle draws with amazing rewards. And what's more, when you buy your motor insurance from Enterprise, you can win an iPhone 14, a washing machine, high-pressure car washer, vacuum cleaner, auto tire inflator, and in the final month, a premium motorbike. Wait no more. Call your insurance broker today. Promo regulated by NLA on the Caritas Lottery platform. Enterprise your advantage. 
And uh, Prospectus Ghana, this is the week of school. BC results coming in. People have gone back to school. Prospectus Ghana has introduced a new short code, star 447, star 899 hash, mm. to help parents and guardians make installment payments towards items they want to buy for the award school admissions. It's safe, it's convenient. We're also one-stop shop for all your school items. We supply good quality brand chalk white A4 sheet. We're on the graphic road opposite Toyota Ghana. Call 0500-600-607. Prospectus Ghana, your one-stop shop for all school items and stationery. Alright, so there's a very strange relationship between a number of stories that a lot of people consider unrelated. So, president says 88 million or is it billion, billion of illicit financial flows. Okay, so that story is not on its own. That story is related to the whole after attempt, the after effort of trying to get us to make different things to trade among ourselves, to travel and visit each other. It's related. We are too similar in our economies, so we are not diversified enough and we're not able to develop. So that's story number two. Then story number three, Burkina Faso, 4,000 more, uh, what's the name of the word? Refugees. Displaced people mm-hmm. have entered Boko, which is already a volatile part of Ghana. And the whole Burkina Faso, military junta, we don't want anything to do with France anymore, um, Russian mercenaries, they are using. They are, they are being given mines in replacement for servicing the Burkina Bay junta against Islamist insurgents. It's all related. The West Africa's instability is becoming problematic. Mali is the first place this will happen. And in fact, some people even trace the whole thing to Libya. All right. So, and I, I'm I'm not sure you can discuss after and trade and economic prosperity if you don't look at security within the sub region. Alright, so th- there's a way in which they are connected. I'm not sure the equation to use, <laughs> but I, I know there's a relationship between what the president said, the whole, the fact that after is trying to get off its feet. How are they doing? We, we can get into that because it depends on who you ask. For some people, they are saying, look, the countries have ratified our many, but those who are actually implementing ease of entry things are not that many. And those who are actually making things to sell are even that, not that many. Because the whole after is about trading goods and services and free movement of people and services. So, how many people are going to other West African countries? How many of us have appetites to start anything elsewhere? What, what are we doing here that is relevant to other people in the West Africans or beyond Africa or whatever? So, that's one. I've not even finished. And I'm linking it to even the Coco story. Alright? So, I think sometimes we gloss over these stories. And yes, we've not spoken to Al Jazeera before, but the reason I think the graphic gave it such prominence, and because, because it's typically to find a, a news writer, and we know Dotyuk Akrobo too, he went back to the town to speak to the people, and the people are basically saying the reporter deceived them. We haven't heard from the reporter or the Al Jazeera network yet. So we're not going to take the full story, but I can, I can understand why it's such a big story, because there's a certain sense in which the coverage for or, or the, the coverage of us, particularly in the in the West, is very demeaning and very um, biased and skewed. All right, and I feel that the conversation about our cocoa being sustainably sourced, we are not saying it's not good to source your cocoa sustainably, but we are saying the emphasis and the narrative and the and the angle and this guy. The, the reason I'll give you an example. Two years ago, 
last year, everyone was talking about energy transitions. It was like the right thing to do. Germans are spending money on solar energy, renewables. The Danish are saying the same thing. I moderated conferences in 2018, 2019, 2020. Norwegian president was on a panel with the president of Ghana. I was there moderating. They are talking about how we're going to move into renewable energy. We're going to sustainably source our, our whatever. Do you get me? So everybody's like, the, the Bible of global energy is energy transitions. Then Russia attacks Ukraine. Then there are sanctions against Russia. Then the Europeans realize that, well, Gazprom, who gives us 80% of our gas, is from Russia. Oh, by the way, it means we will not have uh, heat this winter. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, let's put any transitions on hold. Let's go and re-engage our coal mines. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to fossil fuels and let the, 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 the Africans and the Asians and the Chinese, oh, they are too foolish to say anything about hypocrisy. When, we are, when things are okay, we'll come back to do any transition. Like, Talking about just, I mean, it's like, why do these people think we are so foolish that you can just decide when you want to do this or when you want to do that? Which is what makes me feel that sometimes a lot of these things, let's sustainably do this, let's do this. These are all parts of things they put in place to ensure that you never rise to where they are. Because I'm not saying we shouldn't have children shouldn't be in school, but if I go to school, I mean, I used to sell food, you used to sell in the market, all of us have sold. Like, has that affected my education? Probably, but I'm here. Okay, we know that in some communities, people are trading school for. For, for work but the way they paint the picture of kids working on farms we know it's not correct yet they persist at doing that because they want to demean our raw material they want to they are looking for alternatives to cocoa the fact that we want to control the price it has upsets them and we need to wake up to that and we need to wake up to it not just to talk about it but to strategize to to deal with it you get me? and that's what i don't see enough of we make a lot of speeches i listen to a voice of a zimbabwe guy uh, manangagwa Talking about what they needed to do because of COVID and things. And I say, we say a lot of things that we want to do, but we don't really do it. You know, we shouldn't be talking about what we want to do with after. We should be, we should be reporting progress. We should be saying, by the way, trade between Ghana and Nigeria has increased by 60%. Trade between, you know what I'm saying? But we're always like, okay, it's time for the new global standard. It's time for a new global conversation. So the, the African, at least the Ghanaian, is not able to really implement the change we we conceptually understand what is happening when you listen to our president talk like for example when he met macron a couple of years ago, when you listen to him he knows what is happening okay so it's not as if they don't understand that we are in this game where we are being used as pawns where we are considered to be the ones who just bring the raw material i'm not supposed to add any value where if you want to develop economically you will face resistance i mean look at what china is saying china is basically telling the u.s that we have a right to to economic independence it's like wh- i mean isn't that supposed to be <laughs> you know what I'm it's like why are you so now uss china is your biggest rival because china is take, this is china is stealing their intellectual property or whatever mm-hmm. the chinese people just want to have a better life and when we also wake up and say we want to have a better life even and i'm not saying that means we should go and fight anybody but you should be able to take control of your resources get more from what you produce add value to what you produce i mean Develop your own skills and produce what you eat. I just read a story last week that we are supposed to open our market to U.S. pork. Like, Moto, <laughs> you know, you can't even produce your own pork. Your own, yeah. All your rice, you know, farms, even local farms, rice. Charlie, it's not easy. There's something fundamentally wrong, which is like a mental block. To look, almost everything we depend on, we need another country to do it for us. We are able to make things. All right, and you cannot be free, you know. So I, I'm just—I don't know, guys, how you can help me. There's a lot of stories here: mm-hmm. IFF, Burkina Faso, France, 
Coco's story. There's some that there's some connection that I don't get, but maybe you can help me unravel it. Maybe I, I don't okay. start. There's a connection somewhere. <laughs> no, no, there's no. a connection somewhere. Uh, you are the one seeing connections this morning. I am. I am. I am. <laughs> but let me. There is. There, okay. There has to be. Okay. Maybe maybe we can discuss it in Bizel. Bizel, you can link it together. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll take two. I'll talk about the Coco um, thing, and then I'll talk about Burkina Faso. Uh, Boku, the France issue, uh, illicit financial flows, you know, and it's <laughs> related. On the illicit financial flows, let's start from there. There's a there's a lot more for the governments to do than to tell us about some of these things. Okay, if you look at um, the system that has been set up in a lot of countries. Last time we we looked at our gold export numbers, mm-hmm. the legal versus the illegal, mm-hmm. right? And <clears throat> how much of the gold was being sold illegally from here? You look at money laundering in this country. Look at corruption, and that is where a lot of the IFF is. It mostly comes from. A lot of times with government participation, or no, I would say government with state, state, state culpability <laughs> and state actors. and participation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it is up to them to find ways to deal with this, and they have failed to do well in this space because they are not honest with each other. All of them benefit from it. Mm-hmm. All the persons, if it were African leaders who had met there, mm-hmm. I'm not too clear who were president at the meeting, but I've seen the president of Niger there, mm. I've seen our president and I'm sure there would have been a couple of others mm. <clears throat> a lot of the West African <clears throat> countries and the political leaders and African countries in general thrive on IFFs mm. that is how they run their campaigns, that is how they build their uh, 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 eggs nest as they call it mm-hmm. post when they will leave, for those who don't want to leave too yeah how they will continue to keep a hold on the country because mm. how much money are you going to make as a president mm. or as a politician legally mm. if not for IFFs how mm. much money mm. so a lot of that 88 is it 88 billion mm-hmm. yeah. 88 billion 88 billion dollars once you we sit down and sift through it you would realize that a large portion of it yes there's private participation in there but a lot of it would come from state actors mm. okay so the homework is on them they should stop mm. telling us about it fix mm. it mm. because when you sit down to <clears throat> analyze it you would realize that they are the ones who steal from the state nobody steals from the state more than state actors mm. two is the your concern up north the boku refugee situation i think this is the second or third report we've had mm. this one the number was slightly bigger than what we had the last time. the last time i think we had a thousand seven hundred and something coming in mm-hmm. when we d- the last time we discussed this. Now it's what four thousand something. Four thousand at a stretch. At a stretch. Italy. So the numbers are increasing, and that is why you always make this point about we need to be concerned about what happens in other parts of the continent, particularly those who are close to us, because you might think it's far away from you, but the ripple effects will be there. Because you remember the Liberian Civil War; it didn't happen in Ghana, but look at how we ended up hosting. Yeah. A lot of librarians in this country for and years. You know what is troubling? When you listen to Aminu mm-hmm. of uh, City News, mm-hmm. he's spent a few days at Tatali. Mm-hmm. 
And Tatale is close to the Togo border. It's not too far. Yeah. From, I mean, Zabzugu is close to Yendi. But I'm saying that whole area, you see, because the Burkina Faso spreads over Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, mm-hmm. Benin, and Togo. Yeah. All right. And the parts of Burkina Faso that they are, they've taken control of, nothing Benin nothing. and nothing mm-hmm. Mali. All right. So if, and I'm just saying, the northeastern part of Ghana is very poor. Yes. Okay. So apart from the Bokira, which is already troubled, when I look at Amino's report from Zabzugu, hospital has nothing. Yep. The road is so bad. Yendi itself has had its own history. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm just worried about the whole... The mix. S- yes, the security of the northern part of Ghana. And I know there are things being done there. Yes. But for... And I'm not saying France is probably like the best person to be in Burkina. Charlie, but for them to leave completely. Yes. But the... And, and for... You know, some would say it's good riddance. But the <laughs> question is, who's replacing who's them? Replacing is the person up to any better? It's a complicated situation. You see? See? Do we need a replacement? Yes, well, see? because the government because seems to think so. The, the Burkina Faso Janta basically says that we need. I mean, essentially, we don't. We You see, this is, let me let me let me summarize the whole thing. A lot of economic shenanigans are based on military power. Mm-hmm. If you don't have military power, you don't have anything. That's true. And West African countries, most African countries have don't nothing. Don't have military power. That's the whole point. We have nothing, so we need. I mean. If you look at insurgency, sometimes you need, I won't say you need, but you've created a history of having Western armies helping local mm-hmm. countries. Mm-hmm. Do, do you get my point? Because the very nature of insurgency is such that they are mobile. They are, you know, they don't operate on standard warfare principles mm-hmm. where our armies are equipped to deal with those things. So you have guerrilla style tactics. So you might need satellites. To track mm-hmm. very few African armies but have why, access to their why, own satellites. Why, why, why won't we do? Why won't we equip our army with those things? How, but, but, but you don't even have the money price to, of one satellite. Yeah, so but make to them keep your make economy them going. How making the satellites? That's why, you have tech. why do you have? Why do you think Krumah built tech? Why do you think Krumah had uh, Nuguchi and all those things uh, or the other one? But uh, your uh, university. Uh, the other one. No, no. The, the, no, the point I get is that not nobody's going. Nobody's going to give you equipment that will defend you against it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have sense enough to equip your professors with the research tools to build it for yourself, mm-hmm. that's their issue. So now we realize we need help. Yeah. Mm. Okay. We've not, we've not like COVID. We didn't even invest in making anything uh-huh. of all the things that you needed to support. Even masks, you couldn't make masks. Mm-hmm. So I, and I'm thinking, so what can we do? Yeah, that's that's the point I'm trying to like, explain to what, you. That in the end, what's the problem? We we find ourselves in a very difficult situation because we are surrounded by a lot of chaos. Um, Burkina Faso is particularly troubling um, because of the issues they've had and their inability to control large parts of the country. And that, by that, I mean the central government mm-hmm. and the spread of the insurgencies. And I too, the last time we had this conversation, I spoke to you about how coastal West Africa seems to be a target. And by coastal West Africa, I'm talking about Ghana, Benin, uh, Togo, where we've a lot more of the recent attacks we've seen yeah. are shifting there because they are beginning to get affected. Togo has had incidents recently. Benin have had two or three incidents whereby uh, two or three years ago, these were places where you would not hear these kind of reports. Now, Ghana is starting to host 4,000. And it looks like we had 1,000-something mm-hmm. two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now, three weeks later, we're having 4,000. So what does that tell us that in two or three, and in, in, in another month, mm-hmm. how many are we getting? Now, if those people arrive, it means that we have to deploy logistics because yeah. we have to house them. Mm-hmm. We have to 
vet them. Yeah. We have to provide a certain level of security. Mm-hmm. There could also be outlets for some of the uh, extremist elements to pass through posing as refugees, mm-hmm. come in and then try and destabilize, mm-hmm. you know, to make a point. Yeah. So there is a need to find solutions. But the Burkina Faso problem is a really big one. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, they've asked, Mali took that first decision first, and now Burkina Faso have followed to say that, look, we don't want French elements on the ground. Is, is the French? Also, is also, you know, Let me ask a question. It, 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 I, I noticed a relationship between military hunters in these countries mm-hmm. and a certain disdain, dis, dissatisfaction, or dis, France, yeah. they are fed up with France. Mm-hmm. So it's like the military governments are saying they want an alternative. They want a, they want a new friend. You see, the, uh, it's it's a very complicated situation when it comes to those countries and France, in the sense that Macron, particularly, if you look at um, his language, his tone. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's been considered a bit of a of a of a, of a, of a snob in very, that regard. Very. Um, that those who have allowed, he, I mean, he's granted. He, he, there's, there's a speech he gave at investing in Ouagadougou did not go well at all. They easily hooted at him. Yes, uh, he's given speeches in Rwanda did not go down well. So basically, he's not been viewed very nicely. Mm-hmm. But it's not just him. Sarkozy had issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Francois Hollande had issues. And to and let's be honest, to um, Macron's credit, he, he took he he took on some of the, the big decisions the, that Sarkozy, Hollande, and all of them refused to deal with yeah. in Mali and Burkina Faso. But the situation also is this, and it's something that we we tend to ignore, Bernard. The military hunters in those countries are very popular among the citizens. Amongst the citizenry. Yeah. So see, are they reflecting what the citizens want? Yes. yes. So the citizens are fed up with France. Yes. But why? It's not, it's, not, it's not that they are just fed up with France. Basically, France has always portrayed itself as the savior. Our economy is tied to you. The safer is this. We have issues. You are unable to solve the problems for us, which is the violent extremists mm-hmm. who are terrorizing us. You've brought in a lot of soldiers. We are not seeing. That is because, oh, listen to this one as well. France the soldiers of France have to operate within international convention. There are lots of they will be, there, there are lots of things they cannot they can't do. do. For the regular Joe working in Ouagadougou or working in a part of Burkina Faso where they are getting bombed, raped, kidnapped on a daily basis, international conventions mean really little to them. They might see a French battalion who will tell you that okay, we have to engage under these conditions. What they are looking for is. Kill them. Why are you not killing the people? Kill them. So, the lack of action means, uh, or the inability of the French boots on the ground to respond in a certain way Mm -hmm. is what has made the Russian response more popular because the Wagner group is noted for its brutality. And And it's willing to the confines confines of. But but, but do we know what that will mean for. The future to have. A see, group, it's not about what it means for the future. Group like no, this. no, but you see, that's the point I'm making. That we live in Ghana, we don't have Burkina Faso's problems. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying that. No, I'm just telling you how. I'm just saying, let us think how like, the Burkina will, will, how, will look at comprehend this. Yes. It's not. It, it should not be fair to comprehend this from a Ghanaian perspective. Let's think about this as the unprotected rural Burkinabi who every week gets raped, pillaged, assaulted, not, or bombed by one raider or the yeah. other, and there's nobody to help. Now you have Wagner that's providing says, a, an almost equal people. response. 
the, the difficulty people have with Wagner is one, yes, they are brutal operational tactics, and two, the fact that they come in and they say, okay, give us gold. So or the whole give us this. African Union doesn't have a standby force. That's all. It's, 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 it's a problem. It's to even go and help Burkina Faso. Who is paying for it? Those who are doing the talking. Nigeria used to pay a lot of these things. Nigeria has its own problems. Nigeria is the biggest country. But you don't don't finish solving your problems before you solve another person's in the context of nationhood because all the countries that do this international thing, you know that once there's instability creeping in, it will come to your doorstep. Yes, but so you don't finish some of your problems before you say. But, but yeah, but hold on. But personal sense, you see, that's the thing. That's why I'm saying that if at the moment Ghana decides to put boots on the ground and to say we are helping Burkina Faso, so-called proper, yeah. what does it mean? What will the populace? Sit, uh, you, you have a lot of people in Ghana who will tell you. Hey, but we are in Lebanon, we are in South Sudan. Different. So what I'm, what, see, I'm not even saying we should go in. What I'm saying is that the the whole arrangement that a country like Burkina Faso mm-hmm. needs to depend on a private Mali. military contractor from Russia mm-hmm. to defend it mm-hmm. is it tells you that the, the the nation is not a viable country. No, because, no, you see, it's, <laughs> not, it's, not, it's not about just being viable. That's it's the part. That's why I'm saying that. You can talk about viability, but you're not the one getting raped, pillaged every no, day. No, I'm not talking from the citizen perspective. I'm talking from the leader's perspective. But the leader, the leader's the, reality is the citizen's yes, reality. And the leaders no, have subscribed to this no, option. No, yeah, you see, you still don't get me. My argument is not that Wagner should leave. Mm-hmm. My argument is that how did you get to a place where Wagner is what you have to now depend on? Well, that's that's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying Wagner should go. I'm saying, what did you leave undone? Over 60 years of independence, supposedly, uh-huh. that uh-huh. has left uh-huh. you so vulnerable that when 4,000 French soldiers leave, you have to depend on Wagner. So then, that, that, that becomes the outcome of years of underdevelopment, poverty, corruption, and all those things. Because it got to a time, basically, there were more, Burkina Faso and Mali would have more troops on peacekeeping than actually in the country. Why? Because they pay for peacekeeping. Peacekeeping became basically an outlet for even the economies of those countries to make money. You understand? So, if they go on peacekeeping, what do they also get? Proper equipment. Equipment that is not available in country. <laughs> this is complicated. Anyhow, um, as I said, this is not the, the major topic. We are just sort of bouncing around mentally on all the issues. So... Uh, feel free to join us on anything that is on your mind. We'll bring you a report, our correspondent did, on the child labor on cocoa issue much later in the show. And there's also something that I thought would interest you guys. Um, there's a low-key fight over importation of used electrical appliances. Uh-huh. Have you heard of that? Over the weekend. So, like, the government wants to ban importation and sale of used electrical appliances and replace it with because there are some companies that make them here so for example when you come to like wires mm-hmm. cables mm-hmm. nexans and code do it here so they are basically like saying like... yeah so for some mm-hmm. they can get them here or you can import the new ones mm-hmm. but the people who import the used ones are not happy if i find time we'll make some uh, analysis on that but before we get into that Tech and social media trends brought to you by Vodafone and Cal Bank. The Vodafone One Ghana promo is here. With just one CD, you can have 20 minutes talk time to all other networks and one gig data every day between 5 a.m. and 11.59 a.m. Simply dial star 530 hash subscribe and enjoy longer conversations and browsing. The Vodafone One Ghana promo is the best value offer in town and it's easy on your pocket. Wake up to great value only with Vodafone. 
and reactivate your car bank account this holiday season and get more value. Get free access to our short code star 771 hash calnet and the cal app when you reactivate your car bank account. Now simply call 0800-500-500 or chat with us online on our social media platforms and on WhatsApp. Cal Bank Forward Together. And uh, Nathan is back with the trends. Well, <laughs> a couple of things trending. Uh, a very interesting trend. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go is trending. Now, that phrase over time has been associated with Italian football journalist really? Fabrizio Romano. Now, it's trending because the, the deadline, the uh, close of the window is quickly approaching. Mm-hmm. And Ghanaian fans of Chelsea especially have jumped on the here we go trend. Now, the story is that mm-hmm. Chelsea officials are said to be in Portugal seeking the signature of Enzo Fernandez. Chelsea crowd, why? Now, the story... <laughs> I need a restraining order on Chelsea. Have you seen that video? They are many players. So the story is that Chelsea wants to buy him they before. They want to buy Enzo Fernandez before the window ends. And Ghanaian Chelsea fans have also jumped onto the mm. here we go trend. But here we go for me is the first book I ever read. <laughs> when, I, when, when I was in university primary school, they used to give us books. Mm-hmm. They call them my little books and yeah. the other books. So the first book in the series is yes, called Here, Here We, we go. go. I see. And the second book was called Off to Play. <laughs> well, um, yeah. other trends. Yeah, we Andrea Yu is also trending. Andrea is trending because over the weekend news emerged that he and his Qatari uh, club Al Sad agreed to mutually terminate his contract. If you go and Ronaldo in Saudi, <laughs> nobody top some of the petrol dollar. Yeah, where he's going. Uh, another trend: Mohamed Kudus over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So two things happened in relation to Kudus. He came off the bench to score for Ajax, mm-hmm. and then he was named Swag Footballer of the Year. So the two things have combined he to for put, Ajax. Yes, have combined to yeah, put they, him. They yeah, on the trends. Uh, another thing that's also trending: Sheldon. What does he <laughs> So over the weekend, in the last few weeks, he and Shatawale have been going at each other. Now the in, uh, the beef, quote unquote, got a little intense over the weekend. Shatawale says he's reporting Kojo Sheldon to the Ghana police for cyber bullying. So that's mm. what's happening between the two mm. gentlemen. So a number of trends, football related trends, entertainment related trends, in terms of tech news mm-hmm. and. Um, an interesting one coming from China. Mm-hmm. Now, China's uh, smartphone sales mm-hmm. endured a record fall in 2022. Why? Tumbling 13% to their lowest in lowest level in a decade mm-hmm. as COVID controls and a slowing economy sapped consumer appetite. Mm-hmm. That's according to data from a third-party research firm. So, mm-hmm. looks like China's smartphone numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was taking show me that trend. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Everything's 
11 minutes past 8 See the breakfast show You need to get somewhere quickly and safely without spending so much Book your rides on Little App And enjoy 50% discount on your next three rides Up to 30 CDs You also get 15% off your first trip So download Little App from the App Store Or the Google Play Store now Little App is truly African And every time you eat Sugar and food gets trapped in our teeth Leading to tooth decay, gum disease And in some cases foul breath now, brushing your teeth every morning and night with Pepsodent Cavity Fighter gives your teeth the protection it needs, leaving you with 10 times stronger teeth. Pepsodent Cavity Fighter is fortified with pro-fluoride and micro-calcium ingredients, sealing tiny and invisible holes in your teeth. This prevents cavities, keeping your teeth strong and mouth healthy. Pepsodent Cavity Fighter... Uh, Maximum cavity protection 10 times stronger. Teeth. Call us toll free 0800 200 to brush your teeth in the morning and before you sleep at night. Pepsodent, every smile matters. Don't forget, Effective Living Series continues this morning. It's our last episode. Nine o'clock, Michael Ohinifa talks about how to avoid self sabotaging habits. A global standard luxury watch made right here in Ghana for that special someone with their name customized in it. That's what I call a timeless gift. Caveman Watches is given a whopping 50% discount on the cost of customizing a name inside any of their exquisite luxury watches for any purchase above 2,000 CDs. This is until February 15th. Go online to act caveman watches on all platforms better still you can walk into the showroom and factory on the Ajungano road adjacent the new astroturf place your order now call 055-751-6744 or visit cavemanwatches.com for more information all right, so the, the other story that I thought was uh, related, even though uh, <laughs> somebody wasn't seeing the relationship, the Coco story. And yeah. Nathan, just give me the highlights of the Coco story. <laughs> well, this is the Daily Graphic. And the story says, now, Coco farmers in the Western region have described as criminal, okay, a false report by foreign media that staged and filmed a scene in a Coco farm in the region under the guise of being Coco board officials. Mm. The, this followed publication by Qatari-based media organization Al Jazeera, whose reported visit Ohiampe Nika in the Amenfi West district of uh, the Western region and disguised themselves as officials of Coco board. Okay, mm. Now, a former assembly member... Uh, for the area, Samalofoyasari, who featured in the Al Jazeera report, said the media house did not tell them about their intention. Mm. Okay. Now, the, um, it, it said, or the story says that in the farm, uh, the Al Jazeera journalists, so essentially three of Mr. Jan's teenage nephews. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a farmer called Mr. Jan, Mr. Wusu Jan, whose farm uh, was nearby and that was where the filming took place yeah. now three of his teenage nephews had come back from church they were asked to change mm-hmm. and go to their uncle's farm now in the farm the other Jazeera journalists told the farmers to use their machete to harvest the pots from the tree and give it to the children to open them so they could film now he said that Ohi and Penica community were waiting for the support of the supposed cocoa board officials but they were shocked to see themselves in an Al Jazeera TV report and the report was on child labor 
on their farms. And they say that, quote, we don't use children or engage in child labor in our cocoa production. And it is therefore wrong for Al Jazeera to visit us on Sunday and pose as cocoa board officials and stage a scene to support the assumption and broadcast it to the world, end All right. quote. All right, let's talk to Obed Ousu Adai, who's a campaigner for EcoCare Ghana. And it's also a co-convener of the Ghana Civil Society Cocoa Platform. Mm. What does he make of this very interesting story that there was a false report which has gone viral? Farmers said they seek legal redress uh, because they feel that they've been misrepresented. We're also told that uh, Director of Special Service at Cocoa Board Charles Nyaglo, I mean Nyaglo, Nyabaglo, described the actions of the Al Jazeera team at Ohiyam Penka as criminal. And that the report had subsequently been lodged with the police. The police were currently investigating the incident and appealed to all those who played a part in the discussion to come and assist. So, uh, thanks for joining us, Mr. Owusu-Adai. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. I believe this story is not new to you. Uh, as has been captured in the graphic, the, the, the pushback from the community that the Al Jazeera report on their farm was a misrepresentation and they were sort of tricked into even filming the kids holding the cutlasses and things. You know a bit about this story, don't you? Yes, I, I do, Bernard, and we've been following it for, for some days now. So what do you make of it? Um, thank you, Bernard, once again. Um, there are two issues to this um, story, Bernard. I think the first part is the failure of the journalism. So um, you are a journalist, and I apologize that probably I'm attacking you, but we, we see it as a failure of journalism that um, somebody comes outside the country and is able to have access to these communities and they went with a local representative who went to stage such a scene. So first, it's a failure of journalism and the whole um, um, issues around how stories are captured in our communities. The second part is the, 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 the issue of child labor itself, how it was reported and how the story has been told over the years. I think that is the second part of the problem. And for me, as somebody who has worked in this space for some time, I would not deny the fact that there are some semblance of child slavery, child labor within the cocoa supply and value chain. But the issue has been how it is told to the international community. And this is a typical example of how stories are taken on the, on the, on the ground and they are twisted to, to meet a certain narrative or to, to address a certain narrative. And so those are the, the, the failures that we identify in this reportage. And I'm happy that Cocoa Board and other stakeholders have begun to take action. And we are also uh, taking action by trying to identify this community specifically and go there and look at whether or not some of the interventions that government has put in place, like the, the chart, labor monitoring remediations and systems, do they operate there and what is the community doing about some of these issues? So that would be my initial okay. take on it. So on the two things you identified, because we have not heard from Al Jazeera again or yet on, on this um, allegation, I really hesitate to proceed with the view that this is criminality and I believe the police are investigating. But at least we've heard the community say that they were tricked into doing this and the whole thing was staged. But let's go to the second issue, which I feel is a more general discussion we can have. Is there a sense in which some media wish to portray our cocoa in a certain light so that beyond this particular Ohiampe Nika story, do you sense that there's an eagerness 
by particularly Western media houses to keep hammering on the issue of child labor in cocoa. Number two, is this child labor in cocoa thing such a big issue in reality? If you come to Ghana knowing the way our communities work, is it such a major issue that we should be dealing with irrespective of what the Western people think about it? Yes, um, so Bernard, on the first issue, um, yes, um, I think for a very long time, and, uh, there isn't a week that goes by without me uh, granting an interview to an international media that is looking to uh, talk about some of these issues, and they always come with a predefined angle that they want to they want to divert the conversation towards. So there is this narrative uh, on the international scene, and especially uh, in Europe and, and, and in the Americas that especially Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire, there is a high incidence of children working on cocoa farms, and that has been the narrative, and they always try to find stories that will, will embellish or will, will speak to those those narratives. So that is a response to the first issue. On the second issue of cocoa, um, child labor being a problem within the cocoa supply chain, yes, um, um, Bernard, I will admit that for a very long time it has been an issue, but with a very big bias, that there has been consistent efforts and attempts, both from the cocoa board, from civil society, and from the international community, even some of the international community, to support in addressing these these problems. And there are several reasons that brings about this um, semblance of child labor within the cocoa supply chain. The number one issue is cocoa pricing. And, and people don't always want to talk about that. They want to talk about the symptoms of the problem, but not address the causes. The cause is the root cause of the, the farmers or, or, or cocoa farmers wanting to use children as labor on their farmers because they don't have money to pay for labor. You go to some of these cocoa-growing communities and they share the landscape with illegal mining. And these illegal miners pay 200 cities per day for labor. The cocoa farmer can only pay 40 cities, at maximum 50 cities per, per, per day for labor. And so obviously, there is this, this, this um, sense of the farmer wanting to use their children to support them in, 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 in their farm. But I think we need to put child labor within the context. What at all is child labor? It's not, it's not that children are not supposed to support their, uh, their parents in the farm, but it's about that's it. Deprive um, by helping their uh, their fathers in the farm. Does it deprive them of their childhood? Are they are they, are, are they um, being threatened by by the tools and equipment that they are using on the farm? I think these are the biggest stories we need to be looking at. Because for me, I'm I'm, I'm a, a product of cocoa farm. I grew up in the cocoa farm in Kensicum, uh, in a hilly area. And some of my fond memories were the days that we, we went to the farm on Saturdays and Sundays to break cocoa pots. And the whole family, the whole household will come together, we cook on the farm. That is not wrong. And I think that is what the, the international community needs to understand, that that is not wrong. It's part of our social, cultural upbringing, and it's not wrong. It is when it is depriving the children of their childhood, when it is uh, exposing them to harm. Those are the, the areas we need to be focusing on and trying to address. Again, when you go to these communities, they are deprived when it comes to social amenities. 
schools, the distance, and I always use myself an example. We used to walk almost three, four miles to go to school. And so when, when you are in such a community and you, you, you don't um, um, feel uh, um, entitled or you, you, you don't get access to these schools and you, you, you can't go to school, you need to walk, the alternative would be to skip school and probably go to the farm and support your, your, your parents. So these are the problems within the sector, and we need to try to address them. It, yeah. it's, not a, it's not a matter of taking children to the farm and exposing them to international media. Yeah. No, there are fundamental problems we need to discuss and agree. Have, have we seen a, a, a more concerted effort at pushing this story since the Ghana Côte d'Ivoire living income differential discussion? Because some people see that as an, as an attempt to form a certain cartel because Ghana could have worked together would probably be over 80% of cocoa yeah, beans. And, and I feel the, I mean, okay, and let me tell you what I feel. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's hypocrisy because if the Western societies believe that they must protect the African child, giving the African cocoa farmer better terms for their cocoa is the first step to take, right? So why are you more concerned about a certain child working on a farm, even if he's going to go to school later, as against cocoa farmers demanding more for their cocoa, because look at the cocoa value chain. From the bean to the bar, the last time Oxfam did a study I saw, less than 10% of the value goes to the farmer, to, from the transporters to the people who, who do the value addition at various stages to the marketers and all those guys. More money is made in the upper echelons of the value chain than at the lower side. And if somebody wants justice for people, should they not be thinking about making that skewed income uh, earnings on, on, on the value addition a bit heavy on the south side, if you get my point? Should that not be the yeah, focus? Yeah. So I, I think it's hypocrisy. I don't know whether your work allows you to say that. But for me, I think it's hypocrisy. I don't know what you think. No, 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 I think you are perfectly right. And, and anybody who knows me, who has heard me talk about this issue, that is the word I always use, hypocrisy, especially on the part of the so-called chocolatiers, the chocolate companies. Um, that I don't want to mention names, but you know them, those who make all these, um, high, high, high-end chocolate bars that we enjoy, the ones that we import into the country. They are making the, the, the cocoa industry it's worth 130 billion US dollars, Bernard. And uh, just as you rightly said, at the last um, count, that was done, done by us from the 6.6% of, of, of the value of this industry that goes to the farmer. So it's less than 10% that goes to the farmer. And so obviously, if you want to address challenges at the downstream, you need to make sure that you tackle the underlying causes of those challenges. Which we all know, Bernard, that is where the hypocrisy comes in. We all know that only 10% of farmers in Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire live beyond the poverty line. 90% of them live on less than $2.14 a day, which is the, 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 the poverty line done by the, 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 the UN. So the issue is, why are they not putting more of their money into the farmers' pockets? Why are they only lining their, their, the pockets of their investors on, on the international market. And that is because, they, you know, I mean, Bernard, you know, this, you're an economist, you know this more than me, the, the more you impoverish them, the more you, 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 you keep them at, 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 at that level, you're able to control them, you're able to have control over 
cocoa as a commodity, and that is what is happening. But now, let me let me let me let me give you this. When Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire came together in 2019 to initiate the living income differential, before the LID of $400 was introduced, there was a country differential of our 350 pounds for both Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire. Do you know what the industry did? They they went to Berlin, and I was in Berlin when they accepted to pay the LID of four hundred dollars. What they did was to take away the country premium or the the origin differential. So what they did was they gave with one hand and took with the other. Uh, they gave they, they accepted to pay with right, but they took the country differential mm. uh, w- w- with the left hand. And so okay. at the end of the day, mm. it is zero. So so, uh, Obed, so the be, beyond beyond exposing their hypocrisy. What should Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, Nigeria, countries within the the region that produce the seed, what should we be focusing on to change this and, uh, this very egregious six point seven percent value thing? What, what what should our policy thinkers be doing aggressively? Bernard, it's about value addition. Um, if we want to get more out of the value chain, we know where. Most of the funds or most of the money goes, the money goes into the the the, the, the final product. So I, I believe if West African countries that produce majority, almost seventy percent of global cocoa, if we want to get maximum value out of the product, uh, out of the cocoa, we need to begin to um, add value to our beans, and we need to also consume more within the African region. We don't consume a lot of cocoa products. In, in Ghana, it's only during Valentine's days and on certain festival occasions you see people glamorous to go and get uh, chocolates and all that. If you want to get value out of the beans, let's first of all put um, a, a lot of secondary and tertiary produ- uh, uh, um, production uh, in place. Let's build more. Let's allow for more industries to be established to process the beans. And then... The second thing which my, my, my friend Alex Asambo and his team at the Ghana Kodivakoko Initiative have already begun doing is to talk and dialogue with these uh, um, um, international communities to understand and appreciate the, the, the difficulties that the farmers are going through to, to pay them a, a living income to be able to survive. So aside adding value, we also need to get more out of the, 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 the price on the international market. I think that is how... But but what about what about markets and consumption? So yes, you need to add value. But I ask myself, how many Ghanaians buy chocolate? How many Nigerians, Sierra Leoneans, Botswanans, or Africans consume chocolate? And if they do, where do they buy it from? Because when I look at global chocolate consumption, a lot of this is China, and I see that a lot of the European countries are selling across to that part of the world. African countries' per, per capita consumption of chocolate products is very, very small. So is there not a need for some promotion on that side too? Because beyond, as I say, you see, because you can shout for all you want, but if you are not buying the thing, is if, if, if a cocoa marketing company or CC, what's the name of it? CPC or Nice Chocolate or whatever, if they produce the thing, people are not buying it here. There's no way they can continue adding the value. So I don't know what you think about that. Whether we need to now start some campaign, free SHS, free cocoa, chocolate drink, or something, so that, so that more people will, will consume the thing. You get my point? Yeah, yeah I get your point, Bernard. And I, I, I remember on a very, very funny side, I remember in Parliament when this 600 million um, cocoa loan was, uh, they were going for, they, they earmarked about 5 million to, to supply inmates uh, in, the, in, the, in the prisons with, with 
chocolate drinks. I don't know if you heard about that. Mm. But I mean, on the more serious note, uh, I think Ghana hosts AFTA, the uh, African Free Trade Continent, uh, Africa Continental Free Trade uh, um, um, idea. I think it is about time we began to utilize some of these opportunities. We need to do more intra. African trade, and, uh, and and if we don't do that, we have a, a, a population combined population of 1.5 billion across Africa. If we begin to trade among ourselves and consume our commodities, I think that is, is an entry point, a starting point. And you are right. If you don't consume, if you uh, Michi or Mama can't uh, buy, if we produce them in Ghana and we don't consume them here, at the end of the day. Um, they, they, they will not make profit and they will be um, obliged to partner with international organizations or international companies and export the, the, the commodity. So the, the, the point you made uh, is 100% spot on that we need mm. to promote more local consumption of cocoa products um, mm. uh, in, in Ghana and in Africa. Thank you, Obed, for your time. Obed Ousuadai is a campaigner for EcoCare Ghana, co-convener of the Ghana Civil Society Cocoa Platform. And one of the things I was trying to achieve with the interview is also to Focus civil society. You know, civil society is very um, rich with advocacy against, mm-hmm. as against advocacy for her. So what I'm trying to say is, they see an injustice and they want to correct it. But I feel when it comes to the issue of economic um, development, we must have to now promote for. So yes, you are exposing whatever somebody's agenda is. You are exposing all these bad bad things happening. But I also need to say, okay. Let's promote Africans buying their own chocolate products. Mm-hmm. Because when you promote that, that creates a market for you. All right? So it's not just talking against what the Western people are doing or whatever, but finding a way of getting the conversation around value addition. And number two, money. Mm-hmm. See, in the past few months, I've been thinking a lot about money. And one of the things I've realized is, you are about ecosystems, our financial institutions are not set up to support Real business. You know, if you listen to my interview, you have been on Ponsa very closely last mm-hmm. week. He says, when you have any meaningful thing to do, local banks will not fund you. Why? They can get easy money from government. Crowding out. We've said it before. I need to repeat it. So, if Sky and Co, they've linked up with some cocoa farmers in Western North and they have a huge cocoa processing plant in Tema. They won't get a loan from any bank in Ghana because the bank can get 30-something percent by buying T-bills or even 20%. percent they can buy government bonds up until this. So I'm trying to link everything to what we are discussing, that if we wouldn't... So the, the, the issue of economic development goes back to the question of capital. Capital. And which is why the debt exchange is such, a, is such an inimical thing in my view because when people save money to invest it, hoping to raise enough money for capital. And they are told that they, are, they will have to lose part of that money. A whole generation's faith in the financial system goes down. And you're not going to get people invest in these passive income streams anymore. All right? But I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going back to a story that our own... Um, what's his name? Akwesia J. Nim. He did it a couple of... When was this? Last week? Or a while back, he's our recent correspondent, so he actually followed up on this story as well. So I just want to bring you highlights of what the assemblyman told him when he went. And we are still waiting for Al Jazeera to come back. If they are going to defend the story, they're going to sack the journalist and the producer.
So it's either one way or the other. You, is it that true or false? If the journalist is right, tell us what he did right. If he's wrong, you have to take action against him. So here's Kwesi Ajay speaking to members of the community, including one Samolofosu Asari, who witnessed the Al Jazeera recording and explained that the reporters asked the children to carry cocoa pots and take shots of them. For them to record. They call the children to pick the cocoa pots. Like, they want to see if the family are feeding from the cocoa. So they call the children, hey, you come. Pick that cocoa pot, then they will take your short camera or short video. And you pick the cocoa, carry it on your head, put it in a basket, carry it. Carry it as if you want to go and pour or you want to go and pick many and pour. So they instructed them. After that, they give them chocolate. Even some of the children have never seen chocolate before. So they asked them, have you eaten chocolate before? They all said no including the father or the family as a whole. They, didn't, they have not even eaten chocolate before. So they told them that this is what they use your cocoa to produce. So if you have not eaten it before, you've eaten it today. So we all became happy that they've never eaten chocolate before. So for their life, once they've eaten chocolate, are not working on the farm. Even me, myself, I'm a CCPC member, child right. So um, the children are not working in the farm. It was a Sunday. Some of the children were even at church service, children's, uh, children's school or Sunday school. So because they went to the father to call the family, he called the children that all my children should come. So they all came and then they asked them to follow to the farm. They don't go to farm, we don't use them for farming okay. business. To farm um, clothes. The children were changed to farm clothes before they, before they went to farm. Yes. Because the farm was closer to the house. So they were all asked to change before they went to the farm. They were farm. asked to do that. They were asked to do that. Yes. Because I was there. I saw everything. But I didn't even know, because when you told me it's a family, mm. I, I thought it's a family that you want to know the source of income that they earn. So if you are acting or telling them that you should change yourself, dress like a, a, as a farmer, or the, the father too has to dress as a farmer, you, I don't know. Like, what we are looking for from the government was not what the caption. So the caption was different. We, we told them our problem. We don't have portable water, electricity, and the rules. So we, we, we told them our problems. And you can see yourself that we, we have a road problem. Stage manage. It's a stage manage. Like a script, you read and act it. Because they couldn't write a script for them. They act you. Do this. So even they can't speak to you. So the Ghanaian uh, correspondent uh, or the reporter okay. is, is a Ghanaian woman. Was interpreting. Yeah, what the, she was interpreting to the farmers. She was interpreting. Hey, you pick this cocoa, you are far cocoa, no? Mm. So the children will take the cocoa. Because if you ask the children to take the cocoa, 
somebody who is in nursery or KG don't know who take English. The English he can't speak or how to. So then he will pick it and then he will take a short video or camera. Well, I I didn't know it was not from Coco Boy. And the reports that they sent to they didn't send to Coco Boy. So to me, I am not happy for their coming and even what they came here to do. I am not happy at all because before you ask somebody to do something, which means you, let, you have to let the person know where you are taking it to. So they told us that they are taking it to Cocoa Board. They are taking it to Cocoa Board for Cocoa Board to come out to help us. Hmm. Meanwhile, for this one, I don't know if they sent it to Cocoa Board. They didn't even send it to Cocoa Board. They didn't even call us. Before you take me a short video or you ask me to act, before you publish the video, send me the link before. Let me watch how I, I manage myself in your video. If there's a mistake, let me tell you, oh, this, don't publish this one. Publish this one. But you publish the whole thing out. Meaning, you steal from me. So I have the right to seal them, and they can be sealed. Yes, if I know where they are. Even the Ghanaian reporter have called Labi to call her. He said, when he called, he doesn't pick. They show their Al Jazeera identity card. And then the country reporter also showed her ID card. So meaning we know they are from Al Jazeera. All right, now, the, the couple of things I need to just say here whilst we discuss this. So... There are other issues with Coco that we have mentioned before that I want to reiterate. For example, uh, Obed mentioned how low proceeds from Coco is forcing a lot of farmers to offer their farmlands for Galamse. So one of our largest foreign exchange earners, in, so it's almost like the two largest foreign exchange earners are fighting each other. More Galamse, less Coco. And it shouldn't be that way. So something needs to be done about low Coco proceeds. So the amounts we pay our cocoa farmers, we need to have a conversation about that. And I feel the cocoa board arrangement, produced buying company, that whole conversation, uh, living income differential, the Western world, there has to be a proper global conversation around cocoa. And I think our president and the Ivorian president can lead that conversation. Beyond the living income differential, I think there's a lot to be said about African consuming cocoa, justice in the cocoa value chain. All of that must be brought together into one. So that's point number one. And then point number two, Sky, I think you can you have more information on this. Yeah. How the guy, you know, when, when the guy said the guy hasn't seen cocoa before, I'm sure he was, I was, yeah, I was somebody to... whose father or uncle owns a cocoa farm mm -hmm. has not seen chocolate before. Chocolate. I don't believe that. <laughs> mm. I mean, uh, uh, Fred, please, I want you to call a name and let me ask you whether that's place such a far village. Mm -hmm. Fred, Fred, if you're listening to me, because on here I'm paying Nika. Ohiampenika should not be such a far place that call call a name for me that the guy hasn't seen cocoa in his chocolate in his life. Yeah, that uh, so somebody comes to deceive him with chocolate mm -hmm. to do this. Yeah. This, this is too this is true. It's terrible. It is terrible. And Bernard, I mean the 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 facts will seem to bear 
bear that position out. Uh, because I've just, I've just been looking at some numbers uh, from the Economic Times, um, what exactly the global cocoa market is, um, the level of consumption around the world, and particularly what's happening in Africa. And uh, looking at the numbers, Bernard, it's so shocking that a continent of about 1.3, 1.4, 1.5 billion people, the numbers here suggest that despite producing, the, you know, majority of the world's cocoa, between Ghana and La Côte d'Ivoire, we're producing 60%. Yeah, yeah, conservatively, 70, 60%. The numbers suggest that Africans only account for 3.28% of the chocolate that is consumed annually. So that of the chocolate that is produced annually around the globe, we in Africa are consuming less than 4%. The number actually suggests that 3.28%. Is this SSA, South South Africa? No, no, this is throughout the whole of Africa. So South Africa, Nigeria. Everything put together, (laughs) according to the Economic Times, yes. It has included Egypt. Everything put together. We are doing 3.28%, according to the Economic Times. And and this was published uh, just a couple of of years ago. And Bernard, what actually shocked me was that the U.S. accounts for 20% of the world's chocolate consumption. Wow. It is the world leader at 20.96% of the net cocoa imports. Mm. So a country that has its numbers in the millions and the continent that has its numbers in the billions because we are doing 1.345 billion Mm -hmm. and we are supposed to be the the, the world's Mm -hmm. marketplace Mm. or the farm gates are located in our part of the world producing cocoa for the consumption of the world. We are consuming less than 4%. Let me talk to... um Enim. Akwesi Ajay Enim is our Western correspondent. He followed up on this story. He met Samolofoso Asari, did the interview as a follow-up. Uh, Akwesi, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Bernard. Uh, is the name of the town Ohiampe Nika or Ohiampe Nipa? <laughs> Ohiampe Nipa. Uh, oh, poverty doesn't like you, man. That is it. <laughs> uh, okay, that one there we know. But I, I thought there was also another place called Ohia Madri, but that's in second that's in Takradi. Yeah, yeah, I think there are several of them. There are several Ohia towns. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so th- where is this Ohia and Penipa community? Uh, this is uh, very close to Samra Boy. Uh, Samra Boy is in the Amenfi West uh, uh, municipality of the Western region, uh, which shares borders with the Western North. So it is the last uh, municipality. Uh, before you hit the western north. I was actually there on a caravan last year and as I, I need to tell you that my my best experience was on western region because that was the part I hadn't been to before. So but that's a different conversation. Now, I had Mr. Ofosu Asari tell you that the, one of the reasons they were able to trick the people was that the guy, the boys, I think there were three boys had never seen chocolate in their life. Is that is is it true that a teenager in a town close to some boy has never seen chocolate. That's highly improbable, is it not? <laughs> uh, but not uh, to some extent. Uh, it could be true because uh, when you go to some of these farming communities, uh, eating chocolate is not part of their lifestyle. Uh, so so it, it could be true. It, it could be true that uh, it's because of that. But uh, that is, I would say that is not the reason uh, they, they, they got them to speak. Uh, I think, according to the, the gentleman's narration, they go to town, even spoke with the, the father of these children, and, and told them that they want to sort of uh, 
put out their their their, their, their concerns, their, their plight as cocoa farmers. So uh, knowing that uh, they have some social developmental issues, the father agreed uh, to, 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 to cooperate uh, with these people who later turned out to be reporters from Al Jazeera uh, and uh, led by their country uh, reporter. And so it was in the course of the interactions with them that the man brought out the chocolates, uh, trying to explain to them that uh, this is one of the products or one of the byproducts from the chocolate that you produced and asked them if they've eaten some before. So it wasn't the, the original uh, thing that got them to speak. So, so it was the cocoa board angle, the deception of the cocoa board angle that convinced them to do this report. That is, they, they actually convinced them that they yeah. are picking whatever they will see to Ghana cocoa board uh, for them to uh, see to their concern. Okay, but still, the, the, a few things I want you to clarify for me. The, one of the things Obed said to me in the interview was that because cocoa farmers are getting so little money for their cocoa, it's not even the, the of course, which is why they'll be deceived to do such a thing. The, the, the issue of losing lands to Galamse is also big because when they look at the amount people promise them for mining versus what they will get after whatever amount of effort on the cocoa, they don't think it's viable. What is your observation about that also in the context of Galamse? cocoa trees, and also aging cocoa farmers. What, what can you tell me about that? But uh, cocoa farmers have gotten to a point where they feel uh, the annual earnings they get from this cocoa uh, business is not the game changer when it comes to uh, their standard of living. And so looking at the mining industry and how you can get a bulk money from people who want to use your land, uh, which can change your land, I mean, your life, I mean, within a short space of time, they, they feel it's better to allow some of these cocoa farms to go away. Don't forget, if you go to some of these cocoa farms today, farmers who have sold portions of their land for cocoa, uh, galamsey or illegal small-scale mining extraction, uh, are able to put up some few rooms here and there. Uh, and so with the galamsey, they're able to see some, I mean, huge sums of money within a short space of time instead of the little money they get annually. Some of these cocoa farmers even borrow uh, when the cocoa season is off. I mean, when they're experiencing the off season uh, when it comes to harvesting uh, cocoa. And some of them even borrow from uh, cocoa uh, crutches. Uh, I mean, sorry, the purchasing offices, uh, the cocoa purchasing offices, they borrow from them when they are off-season and when the cocoa season comes in, they, they, whatever harvest that uh, they, they get, it is deducted. So even before the harvest comes, they've already spent the money. And, and, and if I listened to your interview uh, where the gentleman said that the cocoa industry is about 120 or 160 billion dollars and Ghana agriculture put together, we're getting about six. That is less than even 6% of all what comes out of it. And this is what trickles down to the farmer. And so until we get to a point where value addition is actually happening in Ghana and the country is making some good money, where some of this money will be turned into fixing social infrastructure, like good rules, uh, access to healthcare, potable water, uh, they are still going to be in this situation. Uh, if you If you listen to the interview, what got them 
I mean, alarmed and be interested in this interview with the Al Jazeera reporters was the fact that we told them that they have social uh, challenges. They have it's not even about money they put in their pocket. It was about their the lack of, I mean, the, the level of underdevelopment in the area. That is what they spoke about. This is what they felt uh, being cocoa farmers they, they also deserve. These communities don't have the cocoa clinics that we have in Accra. They farm the cocoa, but they don't have cocoa clinic within their vicinity. And so until we reverse some of these developments back to them, uh, they are always going to be vulnerable and they will fall for some of these, I mean, sale of land, cocoa land. Because I'm telling you, if they are truly making good returns from the cocoa extraction, the cocoa, I mean, business, they wouldn't be selling their land to Galamsey operators. Now, Enim, that's all well and good. The other question I have, though, is, Again, because you work in a lot of these cocoa growing communities, since uh, Minister, um, what's his name, Edu, Cocoa Boss CEO, announced the living income differential with his Ivorian counterpart, Problems. it's been uh, over two years, probably three or four years now. Uh, has, has, has there been an increase in the amount paid to the farmers? Or what are the farmers telling you whether that's... Because the argument you used was that the farmer deserves better. And it's been a few years since it was introduced. In your interaction with the farmers in covering the cocoa sector, do you see any improvement in their livelihoods as a result of this initiative? Bernard, I would say no. Uh, because the, the sale of, I mean, evidence of that is the fact that people are still selling their cocoa to, 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 to Galancy operators. If that should stop, then, then, then it means that they have seen some positives in keeping their cocoa and their cocoa land. But as long as they haven't stopped selling these cocoa, farms to illegal small-scale miners to come and operate so that they can make some good money. It tells you that whatever increments or proposals the government is making, it is not really answering or dealing with the, the, the cast of the matter. And that is, mm. I mean, the, the general underdevelopment that they see within their community, they, are, they road to their communities are not accessible. And so uh, even having those money, it brings cost. Uh, some of them operate, some of these cocoa farmers have turned to using their little money to be doing this small uh, uh, tricycle business, and the rules are not good. Uh, so so, so I think what we should be looking at is even the infrastructure within the uh, vicinity of these cocoa I mean, communities. If we can uh, upgrade this, uh, I mean, these infrastructures, uh, it, 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 so that, that for me would be an evidence of an, an industry which is really thriving. And obviously, there is a link between cocoa mining, Galamse. I'm looking at the map of cocoa growing areas in Ghana. I see a lot of Western North. I see a lot of um, Bono and uh, Ahafo. And it seems as if, the, particularly the Western parts, are also uh, victims of Galamse. Can you can you talk a bit about that? Is there does does Galamse sort of coexist with cocoa, or is it not? Is 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 it that is it that clear that there's a trade off between cocoa farms and Galamse, or is it just for a few places? Uh, but not, it, it is really a big concern over here in the western region. I mean, if you go to places like Amman, 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 West, Amman, uh, Central, and Amman, East. Uh, these are portions I mean, beyond Takwa, from Takwa in Sarim, then you are moving into the Menfi area. That will take you to the, 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 the northern part of the central, which is uh, the Dentra. 
between the dentral iron free, you know, dentral iron free to the tapa portion. In between that portion is where we have the Amemphis, the east, central, and west. All these areas are hugely, uh, I mean, the cocoa industry is hugely impacted on by the illegal, I mean, illegal atmosphere mining. It is not stopping. In fact, you need to take a, I mean, a ride on the main road from Takradi to Tsehuyo. So, and you see it on both sides of the, of, of, of the stretch. The devastation and the sale of this, I mean, the, the sale of cocoa farms for Galamsey is very obvious. And our leaders use the route to see it. They see it. So, so, so that, that, that competition, uh, for existence is really there. I mean, the, 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 the mining industry is really, uh, I mean, reducing the cocoa farms that we have. And, and that is a concern. But when you travel with cocoa board officials to visit these farms, how concerned is Cocoa Board about this Galamsey effect on the production? And are they doing anything beyond what they say in the news to show that they are trying to address the existential threat that Galamsey poses to cocoa farms? Bernard, they are concerned, and they will tell you uh, that is why they are also, I mean, improving the yield by cutting uh, disease. I mean, affected, I mean, cocoa farms, uh, for new, uh, species uh, that they are planting. But the point is that the cocoa board so far hasn't been, I mean, hasn't led any uh, operation to clamp down, I mean, the, the sale or use of cocoa farms for illegal, uh, mining. That has not been under their purview or their mandate and it still remains in the hands of the Minister of Land and Natural Resources or should I say the minerals uh, commission. Uh, it's a concern that they express from afar, but in terms of taking the fight by themselves, uh, that hasn't too far happened. Edim, thank you for your time. I suspect we'll be talking to you a lot more on Coco, on Galamse, on again, on even uh, Timber, because I'm sure that's another big issue. So thank you for your time this morning. Akwesi Ajayini, Mr. Western Regional Correspondent, providing further perspectives on the matter. We've been trying to raise an Al Jazeera um, person, person. we've right. not succeeded yet but I believe by, by the time Sander comes up on Eyewitness we would have gotten somebody yeah. we've always spoken to Cocoa Board on this many times so which is why mm. we sort of went off the Cocoa Board angle and I also feel the conversation about the Galamse should not be underemphasized you see I don't want to become a victim of just pointing out to a problem which is external Oh, yes. Without dealing with my own internal problem. So, the biggest threat to cocoa farmers is also Galamsey. Yeah, that's true. So, and somebody may be depicting general. you falsely for their own agenda, for your overall value. Mm-hmm. Somebody may be trying to fight against you, getting your living to become differential. Mm-hmm. But if you take money from somebody now, because cocoa farm is a legacy thing. Your great-grandfather had it, your father had it. Your f- but if you take money to allow somebody to destroy your land because you need money to face school fees now mm-hmm. and you don't have the cocoa farm again, you have sold generational wealth mm-hmm. for immediate. So yeah. we need to point that out very strongly. Yeah. And so I just want to say that. You've I, both I, of you I, have I, seen I, the documentary. I agree yeah. with you. Just before Sky comes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Just my final point on this. Mm-hmm. In focusing, you see, because we, 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 it's okay to be outraged. Okay. But we should have a lot more outrage towards the conditions that have been created that lead to us to find these cheaper sources of labor mm-hmm. which end up being children mm-hmm. another one being 
the loss of forest land, which is decisive mm-hmm. for cocoa, which is the Galamse issue you just yeah. raised. Yeah. So, those for me are some of the key internal issues yes. Yes. that we yes. we need not lose sight of. Whilst also staying outraged at what obviously uh, need not have happened. Sky. Sky. Okay. So, Bernard, I, I've seen the 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 documentary, um, the particular portion that deals with the question of. Um, whether or not child labor is ongoing in our farms. And, and let me just give this right that, that it is the case that indeed over the years there have been concerns about children uh, working under hazardous conditions sometimes on cuckoo farms mm-hmm. and even beyond the farms on in mining pits and then also um, areas where you have quarries, people go cracking stones in order to sell. But before I proceed, permit me to just quote the ILO how they define child, child labor. labor. They say that child labor is labor that refers to work that deprives children, and here I'm talking about any person under 18 years of age, Mm. of their childhood, their potential, and their dignity. And that is harmful to their physical and or mental development. So what are the elements there? First of all, the person must be under 18 years of age, and therefore qualifies to be referred to as a, a child. child. The work involved must deprive them of their potential as children and also growing up. Their dignity must also be taken away as a result of the work they are doing. And the work they are doing must be harmful to their physical and or mental development. It also refers to work that is mentally or morally dangerous and harmful to children and and, and, and he goes on to provide further definition. So the question we should be asking is whether these elements, as I've teased out, are satisfied in the documentary that Mm -hmm. we've seen. Looking at the documentary, it would seem that, as the guy rightly stated, uh, the gentleman who uh, spoke to much earlier, you know, the kids carrying um, one pot of cocoa or two in one hand, one on the head, and wearing what would seem to be their Christmas <laughs> jumper or whatever it is. And that is presented to the world as evidence of child labor. I think, I mean, with the greatest respect to the the, 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 the Al Jazeera and the media house that did this, look, they could, they, they, they should do much. They should come and explain. Exactly. They should come and explain what they were trying to do. Because That's when you terrible. go to where children are actually being exploited, you know, you you know see it. it. Yeah. You see it. Yeah. Sometimes you see people whipping them. Oh. So that they do the work. Go to yeah. the quarry sites where yeah. children are being abused. Or some of the fishing communities. Exactly. Yeah. Like the Germany, yes. uh, these areas the, on the Volta. Children, parents give their children off, 500 CDs. Uh-huh. And children children of canoes are, it, it, it's going serious. into exactly. water to fish and all that. Where like. they force them, you can see that, look, they are doing it against their will. Someone is insisting that it should be done. Not this one where the child, the children look so happy doing what they were doing. We'll come back to this story. I'll bring you effective in series and I'll go back to the story. My, the way the town is called Ohiampe Nika. Enika. Enika. So Enika is happy. Joy. Happiness. Joy. Ohiampe Nika. Poverty doesn't like joy. Joy. Oh, yeah. want you to suffer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so we're going to turn to the last episode of Effective Living Series shortly, and then when we come back, we have more cocoa discussion for you. But the football fever never stops. You show Max Pro, watch the best live games from the Premier League, Europa League, La Liga, Serie A, and more live from Supersport or Show Max Pro. 
Plus, you can stream movies, series, and kids' shows on any device. Sign up to watch the world's best football and the greatest local and international entertainment, all from only fifty nine ninety nine. Less than sixty Ghana cities. Wow! Sixty <laughs> cities. Go to showmax.com for more information. And uh, yes, tell me about uh, Lashibi. Well, yes, Lashibi Funeral Homes. They say that look, if you lose a loved one, it can be very, very trying. And they've uh, they've they are in the business of. You know, taking you through the entire process. They have 21 years of experience. So from picking up your loved one through burial or cremation and all, they have you covered. Call them on 0509-542-409 or send an email info at lashibifunrahomes.com. You can visit their website, lashibifunrahomes.com for more information. Lashibifunrah Homes and Crematorium, dignity for the deceased, comfort for the bereaved. Now, if you're thinking of moving to Canada or, you know, you're trying to help somebody do that, talk to Asker Immigration Consulting yeah, Services. They are at one airport, Square Airport City on the eighth floor. They are regulated, so they'll give you proper info yeah. on what you need to know. Visit their website, askiaimmigration.com for a free consultation or call 0506 or 0595 Send them an email. In, uh, welcome. Sorry, at askiaimmigration.com. Askia Immigration Consulting Services, the joy of greatness for your journey to Canada. When we come back, it's our final episode of the Effective Living Series. Michael Ohinefa says, Don't sabotage yourself in 2023. We'll exp- he will explain when we come back. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Welcome to another edition of your Effective Living series. This is your 2023 starter pack. It's on CTFM and CTTV. My name is Bernard Avle. We've been trying to set you up for the year 2023, and we've focused on four specific areas. This is our final week where we've been talking about financial foundations. My aim today is to put it all together. So after listening to all the ideas on personal development, on emotional intelligence, on physical well-being, mental health, financial foundations, how do you strengthen yourself to achieve what you want to achieve? How do you take responsibility in order not to become your own worst enemy? My guest has been on the show before. He was on a few weeks ago where he spoke about the skills that are required for the 21st century and beyond. Mm. This morning is going to help us with what he calls overcoming self-sabotaging behaviors. Michael Ohine, Faisal, I guess. Michael, thanks for having coming on the show. Thank you very much, Bernard. And as always, it's a pleasure. You don't get tired of coming on this show. Sometimes <laughs> I wonder whether if I keep calling you like Charlie Bernard, you've been doing this for years. <laughs> don't you get tired? You always get the energy, you always get the vim. So yeah. what is it that makes you keep coming back? You know, I was uh, checking my diary uh, a few years ago, and I realized I've been doing this for 15 years. Wow. Yes, and I've done this with almost every host of the CBS, wow. from Kwesiche Dakwa, Mo Rawudu, Sami Battles, wow. 
Everybody, when we were in school, we wow. still doing this. Wow. But it, it gives us pleasure when we go out there mm. and people say, oh, I heard you mm. on City and mm. this thing that you said, is, mm -hmm. in fact, it's made this change in my life. Mm -hmm. I remember I went to Tamale to do something and one guy, as soon as he heard my name, he came and gave me a big hug and said, are you doing? And I think that year we had done something on uh, self-management or mm. self-organization and he said that thing has really really made an impact in my life so that's what keeps us going that's mm. the fuel why <laughs> is this topic important overcoming self-sabotaging behaviors it's extremely important in fact for me it's crucial mm. because uh in the last four weeks mm -hmm. uh viewers and listeners have uh, listened and watched 16 uh, presentations uh, on various topics that covers just about every aspect of their lives. And what I see and hear as we go around the country teaching and training, people tend to say, oh yeah, what you are saying is good, but you know, the reality on the ground is. And mm -hmm. I hear this a lot. Mm -hmm. What is that reality on the ground? Why do people think that uh, speakers like us what we see is no reality, that it cannot change their lives. People think that there's some change that must come from somewhere, some esoteric place. And so I think today, bringing everything home and saying, look, there are some things we do that prevents ourselves from achieving our goals, our dreams and aspirations for the year. And so it is important that we deal with that. Mm. And is this to hint that at the end of the day, it is you, the person in the driving seat. It's not anybody else. And the fact that lots of people seem to think everybody is responsible except me. Is this one of the reasons why this topic is crucial? You are spot on. Mm. Because whether it will be or not is up to us. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yes, of course, we give uh, place and room for the macroeconomy. We give place and room for government policy. We give place and room for so, uh, the context in which we are in. But if you read all the, the history books, History is always made by those who take up their own challenges and then run with it. Yes, the sterner can happen to you, but the only person who can stop you is you. Mm. Uh -huh. So it is important that we know what these self-sabotaging behaviors are so that we can come out of it. I see. So in line with this, do you have any specific points you want to share? Number one, um, mm. I believe that and I wrote this in my very first book, which I released uh, almost 15 years ago or so. Why not the best? Mm -hmm. And in that book, I said that some people have taken a vow of poverty mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. by their own conduct mm -hmm. and by their beliefs and by what they do. Mm -hmm. A vow of poverty meaning that they don't own up to anything. Mm -hmm. It's their parent, it is their neighbor, it is the school system, it is the government, it is the tribe they come from, it is the traditional church. They blame everybody else but themselves. Now, we need to understand that as human beings, and I think we did this about two years ago when mm -hmm. we treated comfort zone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As human beings, we are programmed to be comfortable and to keep mm -hmm. within our comfort zone. That's mm -hmm. how our mind operates. Mm -hmm. Because the sheer volume of information that our minds need to process for us to adopt a new behavior is too much for it. And so the mind itself tends to tell us, you know, Charlie, chill, don't, don't stress yourself. Because otherwise the mind itself needs to process so much to be able to allow us to learn a new habit, a new skill, or a new something. So naturally, if you yourself don't struggle to come out of that, your mind will keep you at where you are. Mm. Because it takes too much work for it to allow you to change. That's why change is so difficult for a lot of people. 
Because that's how we are programmed to be. And so one is that you need to will to want out of your present situation. If you want to achieve a goal, you need to will it so bad that nothing can stop you. It is only when you reach that point that you can really turn your life around. Mm. 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 We are programmed to be comfortable. Yes. So if you don't will to take charge, you can't make a difference. Yeah. So that's point number one. Yeah. Point number two. Point number two, and, and this is very important. You know, where you are today, mm. what you have achieved today, mm. is a direct reflection of four things that you did 15 years ago. Is it? Yes. Wow. <laughs> number one is the decisions that you took. Mm -hmm. The choices that you made, mm -hmm. the habits that you formed, mm -hmm. and the actions that you took. Can I repeat that? The decisions you made, mm -hmm. the choices you made, mm -hmm. the habits you formed, and the actions that you took. Hey, yes. Well, if you like, re reflect over your life. And that's how mm -hmm. all of us are. Mm -hmm. Where you are today is a direct result of the decisions you made five years ago. Mm -hmm. It's a direct result of the choices you made five years ago. Mm -hmm. It's a direct result of the habits that you have formed over mm -hmm. these five years. Mm -hmm. And also the actions that you have taken over these five years. So for me, these are the four things that makes a man or a woman. Wow. Decisions, decisions. choices, habits, actions. These four wow. makes up any human being. And so you see, mm. when the year starts, if you don't tackle this four, your year will remain the same. No matter the amount of olive oil or anointing oil you pour on your head. <laughs> you don't tackle this four. So even if I say you, your life will never be the same again, and you receive it it's in just, Jesus' yeah, yeah, you can jump as high as you can. Resort. To resort, nothing is going to change until hey. an element in this four changes. But I receive it too. I receive it too. <laughs> Still, it won't work. You know, there's a story that a pastor was preaching. Yeah. And uh, he said, this year somebody will marry. And there were two, an old lady and a young lady. They were all sitting down in the pew. And yeah. the old lady got up and said, I'm so. so she got married. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. So even that one, you must take an action. Exactly. And that is how come they will tell you that you must sow into the prophecy. So you must even act on the prophecy. To establish it, to I'm, let it I'm come. I'm thinking through. about your thing again. So the decisions. So like, I, I decide what course to do at SSS. Good. Or which university to go to. Good. The choices I make. Good. Who you marry. Good. All right. Habits. Daily, you can say you want to pray every day. Very good. Read a book a week. Very good. Actions. So I every morning I come to work. Good. Exercise every day. Very good. So those are the four. So, so you're saying my desires are not part of this form. No, 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 no. no. The desires, my ambitions, my hopes, no, my dreams. They are expressed in the choice and the habit. Mm. Because when you desire something, you must act upon it to make it a reality. If you desire a lady, what do you do? You cannot desire a lady and marry her in your dreams. You must take action. You <laughs> so, must move forward. The desires are not enough. This no, is no, no, what no. matters. It must be expression. It must mm. find expression in mm. the action that you take. If you like, wish to marry a lady in city for 15 years and let one sharp guy come here and then he makes an approach and see who walk her down the aisle. So, the, you, your desires cannot change your life. Your aspirations cannot change your life. What mm. changes your life mm. is the choices that you make, the habits that you form, and the actions that you take consistently on a daily basis. These are the four. Mm. Now, until you change these four elements, you are taking a vow of poverty. You are deciding that your year will be the same. 
I have said it before mm -hmm. that when we have a new year, the year itself, as you know, is not new. But God, in His wisdom, gives us an eraser. First January of every year to erase what we did mm -hmm. the previous 365 days so that we can continue to write. Mm. Now, what a lot of us have done is that we are holding the eraser, we've made a mistake, but we are free to clean to wipe the eraser. And wow. we keep saying, Ah, why is difficult? Oh, the questions are hard. Oh, the teacher is some way. Ah, why is it that my mates are right? But God has given you the eraser. All you need to do is to erase. And continue to write mm. in, in a new one. This is the Effective Living series. We're talking to Michael Ohinefa, and our topic this morning is overcoming self-sabotaging behaviors. It's our last topic. We're trying to just give you the final impetus for action. And he said a lot of things. And I think the key point so far is that where you are is a sum total of the four big things: decisions, choices, your habits, and your actions. And I think two things I gleaned from this. Desires are not enough. Actions matter. And I think Mike Murdoch was going to put it this way. He says, habit is more powerful than desire. That's right. Habit is more powerful than desire. So you can desire to be the best student in your class. You, you, uh, uh, and he also says something. He says, your, your, the, the, the worthiness of a goal is not in how noble it is. No. It is in the action you apply to it that makes the goal meaningful. So don't say I have a bigger dream than you. <laughs> so who wants to be, what do you want to be? I want to be president of Ghana. I want yeah. to be UN Secretary General. Well, yeah. I want to have a big farm. But if yeah. I work on getting a big farm and you just sit down and say I want to be the president of whatever, Good. it's not going to work. So yeah. you gave me two points. Yeah. I think you have two more and yeah. four. So what we need to do, one, is mm. what is the first behavior we engage in that sabotages our dreams, mm. our aspirations, and our goals every year? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people say, oh, you know, Ghana, yes, Mm -hmm. And Ghana is hard. And Ghana is that. But you haven't changed anything you are doing. Mm. All the causal factors <coughs> are in your hands. Mm -hmm. You have not changed that. And yet you are expecting some magic, something mm. to change your life. It won't happen. Mm -hmm. So the first thing people do is that one, at the beginning of every year, we need to rewire our mind. You need okay. to enter every year with a new mindset. Mm -hmm. You need to enter every year with a new approach, a new attitude to things. Mm -hmm. If you don't renew your mind, the Bible says it very clearly that you be you what transformed transform by the renewal of your mind. If you don't <coughs> renew your mind, you will not be transformed. So every year, what is the mindset that you want to tackle the year with? Mm -hmm. In 2023, what's your mindset? A lot of people have just entered 2023. On 31st night, we chant, the slogans are there, we wear white, white. But nothing has changed. We still see Ghana the same. Mm. Mm. We still see Ghana yeah. the same. Now, as I said, 95% of our mind or brain is subconscious. Mm. We work with only 5%, the mm. conscious. And so a big part of our lives, we don't even know what is happening to us. Because mm. some of them are buried very deep. Mm at the deep processes of our mind. Mm. Now, look at this. The average person has between 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. Hmm. Now, 80% of these thoughts are negative. Oh, and 95% of these thoughts are repetitive. Hey. So can you imagine what is happening to us? Just wasting your mind. 80% <laughs> are negative. Yes. And what percent is repetitive? 95% is repetitive. How do you how do you even calculate these things? Well, the university don't hey, understand this. Eighty percent of your thoughts are negative. Yes. Ninety-five percent are repetitive. Yeah. 
No, it's the other way around. Ninety-five percent yeah, is repetitive. Eighty yeah. percent are negative. So you can wow. imagine the mm. margins that we are working that's with. That mind. is why I said that. So that's why we wake up and then go and do say, oh, by this track, uh, as I'm going to do with it, where oh, even this contract, uh, they rig that thing. Let me not bother. That, so and so we keep doing the same thing. Our mindset is fixated on the negative, on the wrong, on the fact that Ghana is. Meanwhile, there are people making millions even within the same system and the same uh, so that is one of the things we need to do that renew your mind in 2023 have a new mindset and approach to your life what is it you need to make what as the boys on the street will say and have, if you don't do that then i'm afraid you are going to have the same life repeated every day for 365 days wow let's come to the fourth and final point The final point is really, you see, we are habits. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So we are creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. uh, what we do every day is what gives us the life that we see, mm -hmm. what gives us the outcomes that we see mm -hmm. at um, the beginning of every year and also by 31st night. And so every year, if you fail to install new habits, your life will be the same. Mm -hmm. So sit down and reflect over your life. Ask yourself, what are some of the things that I do that do not lead me to my goals and dreams and aspirations? What are the things that I do that is not helping me as an individual? And then change those habits. Uh, do a reflection. Say, okay, um, maybe I do green bottles every Friday night. And uh, that takes about 100 Ghana CDs for me. Mm. Uh, that 100 Ghana can buy me one bag of cement. So this year I'm going to change that. Or even you say, okay, I'll do the green bottle, but instead of three, I'll do one, uh, just to slow down. And then the money for the two, I'm going to put it uh, into cement or something. So look at your life. You've been a, a professional. What are you doing to develop yourself so that you can grow the, on the corporate ladder? What are you doing towards your own dreams and aspirations? You haven't done that, and yet you are expecting the year to change for you. So failure to install new habits when the year starts, mm -hmm. means that you are sabotaging yourself mm -hmm. and you are going to get the same outcome by 31st night. You'll be left disappointed. And then you see that, ah, Ghana, uh, the president must come and do something. The president won't do anything. Whether it will be or not, it is up to us. Wow. So this is, this is crucial. I, I'm thinking a lot about what you're saying. I think in a previous point, you said something about the mindset for the year. Yeah. And how to, to so I used to have this mindset that I have time. Mm. So a lot of things that I thought I needed to do, I said, Oh, I will do it. But I've had a personal tragedy that sort of tells me that I don't have any time at all. So mm. it's sort of there's a sense of urgency that and clarity that tragedy brings. Mm. So mm. there are things that I used to mm. think. Oh, this one I can do it next year. That's right. It's almost like a lot of things have to happen now. Good. So it seems as if I'm overloading myself with mm. things, but I feel that I don't have any more time. <laughs> right? I don't know what you think yeah. about that. I don't know whether I'm overreacting because so for example I say, Oh, my kids they have to learn this, they have to do that. But mm. I'll space it out actually yeah. do it now. <laughs> okay, because yeah. I used to think I will have a lot of time, but I lost my wife and I'm mm. like, Charlie, it happened so suddenly. So it's pushed me into some level of mm. clarity and speed, right? And I don't know whether that's an example of the mindset for the year. 
in terms of so you know when someone asked me to do something like, okay i need to do it like yesterday gotcha. you can't even have time so like yeah quickly just get it do the thing give it to me so i can move to something else in the past also tell you i could do them yeah and i don't know that's one of my yeah. mindsets which is what, what i don't want really you have to say about that spot on mm. um and i applaud you for that i think the only thing is to be measured mm. in the new sense of agency that you have installed mm -hmm. otherwise you may crash i'm trying to install <laughs> it actually because <laughs> yes. it's not it's, it, i think it takes a while to install it that's right i'm it trying takes 21 days to form mm -hmm. and then 66 days of consistent practice to install oh okay so there's a science to this yes 21 days to form a new habit 21 days to form yes and 66 days to install ah, so you can form it but not install it so yes. you form it in 21 days yeah and then you sort of embed it so that's three weeks so yeah. if you do something for three weeks yeah. you form the habit that's right now if you do it for two months yeah then you it have comes installed it becomes it's part of you it becomes part of you to the point oh, okay. of being automatic oh and that, and that is the point at which your habits have been formed is this for both good and bad? Yes. So bad habits also 21 days. Same thing. Forgive. That's how come we have alcoholics. And it's difficult to break it because they have installed it. And so you need wow. to go through a reverse <clears throat> process of deinstalling. Mm. And it will go through the same process. Hey. So if you take 21 days from a bad habit and 66 days to install it, you need 66 days to uninstall it yes, and then 21 days to... Oh yeah, my Lord. That's right. That's why wow. it's a program. And so people that you often hear, Charlie, relapse. Mm -hmm. Or even for drugs and other things, you hear that somebody has relapsed because there is a science to the deinstallation process. Wow. And if you don't give yourself time, chances are that you may come back. <clears> we are still on the Effective Living Series and uh, my guest is Michael Ohini. This topic is really a bonus topic. You have bonus tracks on CDs. You have a bonus topic. We call it overcoming self-sabotaging behaviors because the point is that at the end of the day, what do all these things mean? And how do you take responsibility? And Michael is helping us work through all of this. Had a lot of things. And I'm, I'm sharing with my life because I feel it, it helps to bring the issues in perspective. There's another thing that I realized. So I was reading Romans 8. Mm. And for a lot of times, I read it wrong. Romans 8, 6, you know, used to say, uh, they that walk in the flesh mind the things of the flesh mm. and they that walk in the spirit the things of the spirit mm. i always used to think in a sense this is romans 8 5 is the mind that determines the action but there's a certain sense in which i got it last time where it says mm. if you walk in the flesh your mind will be set on the flesh so it's actually what you do that sets your mind that's right it's not so it's, it's like a funny chicken and egg situation. Yep. In the past, I used to think, okay, if my mind says, so like, oh, let me shape my mind this way to help me behave this way. But actually, as you said, if I behave this way regularly, my mind accepts that is how you're supposed to behave. Very so good. actually, you can... So I think somebody said, you don't think yourself into a new way of acting. You, you act, act yourself way into a new way of thinking. And I thought it was so perfect for me that yeah. if I want my mind to change about something, if I do the thing that I want to do, and I do it well enough, my mind will agree that I have to do it. Good. Other than just saying, oh God, help me to change the way I think. Because there's nothing that's going to change. That's right. Because your mind actually follows your behavior as a Good. pattern. God. I thought I was, that was, yeah. I don't know what you think about that. I, I, no, I, we, we just discussed mm. about the repetitive nature of the mind. Mm. So the mind keeps 80% of whatever it is that goes away from you. Because mm. as I said, it takes too much processing time mm. for the mind to make sense of the things you need to do. 
Mm. And, and that's how mm. come we form habits. So that with the habit, the mind does it. For instance, you don't think to switch on a light. Yeah. Because then your mind will have to process two million bytes of information. Giving it too much exactly. work. Exactly. So mm. it will keep a lot of things away from you. Wow. And so until you come to that self-realization mm. that I need to do this, I need to take this action, I need mm. to make this choice, mm. your mind will never help you to process that. Now that that's really deep. So in yeah. a sense, the mind is trying to simplify its life. Very good. So it forms habits and then thinks on more complicated things. So when it meets an uncertain situation, then you task it. That's right. But when it meets, so like when I come on air, because I'm so used to what I do, good. I'm not really thinking. Yes. It's like my nature. Yeah. But if you put me in like um, an engineering room and you ask me but to figure out something, then you have to process the new information to make sense out of it. And in doing that, you consume more energy. So your mind basically follows your thinking and says, you know what, this is too much for my master. Let me keep this away from him. So but how do you balance being efficient at what you are good at with growing? Because one of the philosophies I also have is that I only grow by doing things that are not usual. So if so, I give an example. So when I there are some, when I went to Lagos, there are some courses that are easy for me. All right, so I'm doing economics mm. now. Reading subjects come easily to me. So if I just yeah. do reading, yeah. I can get all A's. Yeah. But I say, okay, let me take maths. Mm. In Lagos, maths is pretty tough. Mm. All right, if you take maths at level hundred, actually, it's not that easy. <laughs> but it sort of forced me into a certain rigor that when I got to level 400, mm. a lot of the economics courses which are mathematical were much easier. So my better grades came in level 400. Mm. A lot of my mates who did like easier subjects in level 100 mm. had very good grades. Mm. But when we got to 400, their grades fell off because the, the course becomes mathematical and you've not invested in the maths. Mm. So it, it sort of gave me this mindset that if I want to grow, I have to do things that are hard. So I don't know how far to push that philosophy, whether it's a great philosophy or whether I need to balance that a, a bit. It, it's not necessarily hard, but new things. Yeah, that I'm not used to. Exactly, that will further your development. Mm -hmm. uh, so it may be hard, it may be easy, but it has to be new, which is outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Or aimed at helping you to achieve the goal that you have set for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These are interesting things. So, mm -hmm. so you, you need to sort of know yourself and then be able to assess where you are with, with all of this. Very good. And then make the necessary decisions. Okay. Final point. What, what's the balance between personal responsibility and accountability partners? Because you said that at the end of the day, you're in the driving seat of your life. Okay. Mm. But I also sense there's a need for having people you trust who can say, hey, Alosky, Charlie, when was the last time you took a vacation? Mm. You know, when was the last time you did this or that yeah you know so yeah. talk to me about that yeah um in fact there's there's a science to having accountability partners mm -hmm. um i think it's the university of pennsylvania that's conducted this study that you are 66 percent more likely to achieve a goal when you commit to somebody else oh yes oh even though you are in the driver's seat you need mm. a support system mm. Mm. you need a support system Mm. And so the, this is where the accountability partners, mentors, coaches, consultants come in. Mm. And so they come in to support you in installing the habits, mm. in supporting you to act on the decisions that you have taken yourself. Mm -hmm. And to also serve as a check. For instance, when you are going off, then you tell, oh, no. 
or when you are not doing what you must do, like mm-hmm. you said, then they remind you, oh, uh, when was the last time you took a vaccine? Then now you bring it into your frame of mind and say, oh, okay, actually, let me start planning towards it. So you are in the driver's seat, but you need support, you need help. So, and that is the role of that. They will not take your role from you. They will not take away the fact that you must drive. Mm. Their job is to push you small so that you can start the car. So in a way, it's easier to lie to yourself than to others. Because if I just tell myself that I want to move house, Mm -hmm. I just told myself, nobody knows. So I can defer it. But if I have two friends, we have a small WhatsApp group, and I say, Charlie, I want to move by March. Good. It's like, uh, Ben, how, how far is the house? Yeah. So that one, you can't lie because yeah. you have brought them in to help <laughs> you to achieve it. Very good. Wow. Very good. Or even knowing that they are going to ask you in itself make sure that the day before the I will do some checks exactly, so that I can give them an answer. Exactly. That's why wow. you are 66% more likely to achieve the goal once you have committed to somebody to support. And that's all we have time for for this special edition of the Effective Living Series. We've been looking at self-sabotaging behaviors that you must avoid in 2023. After all is said and done, the responsibility is yours. I've been talking to Michael Ohinefa, who's come on the show for the second time this month to give us those insights. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This is the Sunblast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation.
941 City Breakfast Show. Now I've I've been told that the Ministry of um, Works and Housing is going to launch something tomorrow, and it's one of the things we'll keep an eye on. Uh, they call it the National Rental Assistance Scheme. I want to wait to listen to what they have to say before. Um, it could be one of them. It it could be. It, it may end up becoming a good thing they they will do because from the the, the work we do that the the rental situation is not oh, good. It, 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 it's a major headache yes. for lots and lots of people. Yeah. And I'm sure lots of people will be very happy to see a proper government response yeah. and a proper directive in terms of what to do. Because mm. we have we have several laws relating to rent on our books. Mm-hmm. But the implementation and the enforcement, mm-hmm. those two things have always been a headache. So mm-hmm. let's hope. Apparently, only 5% of Ghana's population can acquire their own homes without any form of assistance. 60% of Ghanaians require support facilitated by the state to access housing. <clears throat> and about 35% to require additional direct support before they can have access to housing. And in the past few years, it's gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Where agents... You know, I was looking for a house recently and... Charlie, <laughs> you will go and pick the agent. So did you do it with an agent? Yeah. But you know the funny thing? I didn't even get the house through an agent. So I, I there was a week, like two weeks period, I, was, I, was, I had a friend who was in, in a company that has like, they do housing things. So the guy, will, I'll pick the guy, and then he has the agents. So he was like a super agent. <laughs> <laughs> so he will, he, he will call like the agent who is good with the Joel side. Or whatever. Then the agent will meet us. Uh, in the car and then they would call and look at the houses but because I had this super agent who was like his company was helping me I think they were sorting out the lower agents so it sort of shielded me in a way Mm. but if if I was just a normal um, journalist I know they got three years into work from school and I'm looking for a house I'll be paying just to even get the agent which I think is funny because I think the agents should only earn their money when they strike a successful deal ideally yes you see but the agents even charge you viewing fee, which I think is wrong because again, that agent. Because for me, if you charge me viewing fee, mm-hmm. I will pass your back too. Yeah, so because it's see, the because see, this is the th- <laughs> let's look, look, look at this. You you charge me hundred cities to carry me from Jowulu to Tesano to Ridge to look for a house. Mm-hmm. I get the house in Abilengpe. You talk to the landlady. Landlady doesn't have ten thousand houses. She has only one or two houses, so she may not need you the agent. Now, agent is charging me a commission, charging the landlady to a commission. So if I, and I'm using the Ghana especially if I pass your back and when I talk to the line I say Charlie, direct yes <laughs> because you've already charged me <clears throat> for for leading me to the place now you want to take a percentage of what I'm going to pay from both me and the person who is that doesn't make sense to me the system is the system is messed up so yeah I, I I'm with Nathan on on waiting for details mm-hmm. on this because we do know that's a problem I mean we've almost everybody here at the start of our lives mm-hmm. has rented. <laughs> Ah. Before mm-hmm. you know, and before moving into places where we don't <laughs> have to do that anymore, <laughs> yeah. but it's the headache of a lot of young people mm-hmm. in this country, mm-hmm. and even the quality of what you mm-hmm. get and oh, the pricing yeah. of it, mm-hmm. and the environment and mm-hmm. the regulation around it. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps this might be a start to putting a dent in that two year rent thing, yeah, mm-hmm. because. 
if the state says they are coming yeah. to rent, yeah. the state definitely is not paying to definitely two year not. rent. Definitely the state not. will tell you the law is the law. But then also the question of whose house will be made available because mm-hmm. then the best will tell you, well, it is my it house. It is my yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, I will yeah. do what I want with it and all that. So we should just wait and see once they launch it what the details are. But what I am aware of is the fact that the, the in, initial stages will not be done nationally. Oh, okay. So yes. The so um, they'll do it in Accra. Mm-hmm. They'll do it in Kumasi. They'll do it in Takrade. Yeah. They'll do Kofodia. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do uh, Techiman. And it takes me back to something I've been thinking about. So if you've been a minister for this government for six years or seven years, you need to ask yourself what you'll be remembered for. Yep, and I, I feel, it. irrespective of the propaganda and the rhetoric of whatever is said, if you're a leader of even a state agency, you should take a hard look at yourself and say, okay, I've been CEO of Cocoa Board for five years. Mm-hmm. I've been CEO of GMPC for X number of years or of whatever. What have I really changed? Yep. You know? And if, you, if, you, if, if your staff members cannot point to any tangible <clears throat> thing you've changed, you failed. That's true. So, and this one is an assignment for those who are occupying any position. In the years that you've sat in that position in the public space, beyond the interviews you've granted and the intentions you've expressed, what, and the awards you've given yourself. Yes. What have you really, what, what, name even one major problem you've solved with your position. Forget about what the president says he wants. Forget about free SHS and all those things. You yourself occupying that position. Because I think if you give me a position as a minister, I believe the basic thing to do is to ask what are the major problems here. Now, there are some I know I can't solve in a year or two. But at least you should be able to choose one or two or three that you say, ask for this one, dear. By the time Richard Sky leaves as this, this thing will no longer be there. Mm-hmm. And I re- this is a homework I'm giving people who, who are listening, mm-hmm. ministers or whoever. Please, if you cannot point to anything you've changed, you have a, how many years do you have? Two years. Please. Or less. You have probably a year. Because, I don't know. Changed for the better. For the better, yes. Uh, honestly, yes. And it's, them it, have changed things for the worse. I'm saying this because, you see, guys, <laughs> there is a role a whole political party plays and a whole government and a president. But I, I still feel that because leadership is so personalized in Ghana, if the person in the position is determined to change, like, for example, you are the head of passport office or you are the head of DVLA, you can say, irrespective of everything, that I am going to reduce the wait time for passports from three days to one day. Mm. <laughs> You can set that up as your agenda and do it. Mm-hmm. Or you can be the head of state and say, the level of pension contributions and pensions that my people are getting is too low. I'm going to raise that by 50% by the time I leave. That can be your own internal target. Mm-hmm. Or I'm the head of GIP, so I'm going to raise the level. And this, this can apply anywhere. And what I've, what I've noticed is that when you see leaders who have a passion and a vision for their position, they tend to achieve much more irrespective of which government is in power. So there's a limit to which you can blame the economy or you can blame partisan politics because people are doing things relative of, of the constraints. Mm-hmm. For example, and I don't know if this is an appropriate day because of the police. I was driving this week at the, this traffic light near Elwak. What's it called? Traffic light at Elwak. The, the Lands Commission. Yes, yeah, the Lands Commission yeah. intersection. So I was coming from 37 going towards Elwak. This guy, for the first time in a long time, about 20 motorbikes were all waiting. That's right. 
I was shocked. We were on red. Did we were on red on the left? I was. And this is not just official motorbikes. So mm-hmm. they were all waiting for the light to change. Mm-hmm. Not even one of them crossed the light. I Thank said, you. "Hey, I even took a picture of my phone with my phone." I said, "Hey, is that?" The police people, eh, because every traffic like police station, police people are there with motorbike now. Yeah, if you do, they will chase you. So it seems as if, at least at some level, we are seeing some change in policing. And I think it's partly because of the IGP mm-hmm. and the way he sees policing and what he wants to achieve. So he can say that I may not be able to solve corruption in the police. People are still collecting one gun or whatever. But at least at, we can reduce a certain type of motorbike crime. Just by putting police with motorbikes at the ready at all traffic intersections, that seems like a very simple thing. But you can see the change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's be very honest, Nathan. The the amount of phone snatching has moved. Maybe it has moved to the low, rural. I don't know. It used to be a major yeah, issue. I mean, that's, that's for, that's and for. indiscipline at traffic lights used to be such a major issue. I don't know about all parts of Accra, but for some places I've seen, the motorbikes are waiting. As for police presence, and I'm happy you've mentioned it. It's mm. it's you. It's a it's a bit more tangible these days. You can tell. I noticed from about October, November of 2022, mm-hmm. all through the holidays, and I thought it was because of the demands of the holidays and what those mm. periods mean. But you mm-hmm. can see that yes, there are there are a few more policemen on our road. So yes, I think it's a very interesting example mm. that you that you. Yeah. No, I, I mean for, for me, I mean there's a there's a tangible change. In some aspects of policing, oh yeah, uh, there uh, is. You see, I, I think the new leadership, um, <coughs> led by uh, Doctor Dampare, um, has brought some new image, professionalism to a large extent, and a new identity as to how that police institution, policing institution, should work. And Bernard. Although I do not have enough evidence beyond the numbers indicating that, for instance, uh, there was recently we read a story about road crashes reducing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, um, very recently there was this other publication: Ghana records 16 percent reduction in road crashes in 18 months. In, in eight months, and this is the, the, the almost the first story that came, and then the very recent one we read recently. It would seem that, yes, he's doing his part. And some other agencies like the Ghana Road Safety Commission are also doing their part. Mm -hmm. But it would seem that there's a convergence of Mm -hmm. efforts to ensure that there's greater discipline on the road. Mm -hmm. So when policemen are reported to have done ABCD, you see him intervene quickly Mm -hmm. with his men Mm -hmm. to bring about sanity. People are being punished. Mm -hmm. Just today we heard, we read a story about a police officer who allegedly took a hundred Ghana CDs from a driver and left his rifle Mm-hmm. In 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 the the, the, the trotro man's you know vehicle, mm-hmm. you can guarantee that something will happen to that officer. Mm-hmm. And when you speak to people behind the scenes, there is a certain sense you feel that people are now apprehensive of their own misconduct, yeah. Yeah. so that they do not want to do anything that will mm-hmm. land them in trouble. Yep. That is the kind of leadership that we're talking about. Yep. Someone who is able to gauge the atmosphere. See, mm-hmm. uh, what are the missing links in this particular department? Mm-hmm. How can I work to improve it? Mm-hmm. So that it impacts the lives of people. Because two years, three years from now, he'll be out of office. Mm -hmm. Do you want him to retire and then be complaining about things that he ought to have changed when he was in office? When uh, I returned, I noticed that Henry Corte, mm-hmm. the Great Accra Regional Minister, yeah. was doing fantastic work. Yeah. Taking people off the streets, yeah. moving into areas, yeah. don't cross, uh, don't jump over the barriers, cross using the, the, the overhead bridges, footbridges yeah. and all of that. What has happened to that? We actually need to dedicate a day to discuss 
Henry Corte as a case study of trying to make a change as an individual leader no opposition. in a, a political situation. In in I don't know the way you guys use it, in, in a political Ghana. Because I feel it's, there's a lot of lessons there. Mm-hmm. Some good, some bad. Because your, Henry Corte was, for me, in the first term, no, actually not the first term, the, the, last, term. the latter part of the first term, mm. and then the earlier part of the second term. Fantastic. The main, what, what gave us joy in what we wanted to see a leader do. So I don't know whether it is personal circumstance, whether it is internal sabotage, whether it's lack of support. Because I feel that if a minister of a region, which is not at a high position, is doing something like this, sometimes he may need a certain level of support from the higher levels. I don't see Jade Dumana. In a way, because you see, Sky, if, if, if a regional minister, because of his knowledge from national security, is able to do what he's doing, I feel to endorse him, you can even elevate him. You can say, okay, I like what Henry Court is doing with Accra, but Great Accra is a minister. It's very, it doesn't have that much power. So let, let me make him local government yeah. so that he can replicate that. So I feel, I don't think it's Henry Court's fault. I think the system has managed to kill his fire mm-hmm. because the interests that he was touching are too many. Yep. And it's a failure on our part as civil society too because we know the kind of leader we want. All of us in the media like his approach. He's not everything he does that is right. But when I drive at Atomic Johnson to Firestone to Zongo Johnson and people are not crossing the road, I think that that's good leadership. Yep. How come his fire is going down? And I think sometimes it's easy. So, and I, that's like civil society should not just be about fighting things. It's also about supporting things you like. So if somebody is doing something wrong, yes, let's fight it. But if somebody is doing something right, if you don't support the guy, the people who are against him, they, 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 they have an interest to destroy the guy. So they will not. So I, I think Henry Cortes, what was the word? What's the word to use? The demon of his fire is a systemic failure. Yep. I, I don't blame him because there's no way else you could have done it. He will do his interviews. Yep. He will engage. There was a time where all MPs from the region will support him, even when they were NDC. He will address gas. He was dealing. The guy was doing the work. They will plan the visit onion market to move the people. You get me? He's just one man. Is he in town? I don't know. Town, but but if you are, if you are his wife, if you know, if you are his wife, what will you tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I look back. But he's going. Your children are young. I'm surprised you brought up because you know this week I had it on my questions to ask the rapid deployment force. Be no. But but because the the joke is on us, not on him. The joke is that what is that? The joke is not on him. He has shown you what is possible, and we have sat down for his fire to go down. Because uh, within the limits of a constitutional democracy and a very powerful presidency, there's a very limited thing a, a minister of greater Accra. He's not even like, he's not like a senior cabinet minister who has a lot of power. Like, if like he was an Osafo Mahfou type of person. Imagine what he could have done. Fire die. Oh, fire is dying. <laughs> In fact, the worst part, his main reporter, Nia Iko, is now being moved to parliament. <laughs> You know, I really resist that. You know, I need to question if you're going The guy who was on the helicopter beat has been redeployed to parliament. Because there's no beat. There's no beat. There is a problem. And it's a serious matter. 
And I want us to discuss this issue. Uh, uh, yeah, but that's why that's why I raised it because I noticed that look when I was out there, mm. uh, I was seeing what the guy was ah. doing. You know, he was he was the bulwark of change for some reason, like moving into action, making sure that things happen, Solid. and that's how we want to see our Solid. government function. Solid. But all of a sudden, people began to talk, sabotaging him. Charlie? You know, they are trying to remove him from the all kinds of things. Chaka, I'm keeping an open mind. No, we need to. We need for me. We need to support <laughs> when we, when we when we decide when 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 a when a critical mm. mass decides that what a leader is doing is good. You see, the piano. So nobody is perfect, but there are certain things you see a leader do that you know that this guy is on the right path. <laughs> we have to support it. <laughs> I, mean, I want to hear him. By the way, you will talk. You talk. He has to live long. He has to live long. Or maybe he's he's threatening to come back. If you talk, I'm finishing No, maybe finishing. Maybe maybe he's you know he's threatening to refire. I am expecting a statement from his office to serve notice that Herikote is coming back. Big time. We miss his helmet and his cap. And they will, they will deploy the special size. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. they will move around 5 a.m. Yeah. Everybody's ready. Mm-hmm. They go. They've spoken to the market people. They've prepared their place. Thank you. They move you there. They have Charlie. engagement. He will, Charlie. Charlie, let me go and check the last demolition that was done and where it was done. Because that'd be where it starts from. <laughs> so this morning, I want to say good morning to another one recording. <laughs> we miss you we miss you we miss you we miss you we want you to how do you say that in Ghana? <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that's all we have time for. Please, we will come back tomorrow by the grace of God to continue this national development effort. It's not an easy work, but we will do it.